Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. What's going on, guys? Let me take my blindfold off. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live, guys. Let me go ahead and let's see what Ryan's got prepared for us. Week three is coming quick. Everyone protect your knees. The injury bug is biting, and these things are more than fleas. They're a devastating pest. They're here to ruin your fantasy season. But like exterminators and terminators, they're here for just one reason. To win the ship, to take the cake, to emerge from the dust the winner. So wrap those ankles, crack your, check your mouthpiece, and eat a light dinner. Because we're coming in fast and hot like meteors we soar. With stats and trends metric ranks, <laughs> metric ranks we display our fantasies roar. Roar! I'm sure the roar was weak, but trust our stuff was not. If you, if the real deal is what you came for, you freaking found the spot. So buckle up, enjoy the ride. Be sure to tip the waiter. Now let me introduce our four master debaters. <laughs> okay, so I get the roar part now, dude. Ryan, that was awesome. <laughs> I think that Ryan was hoping for a different word at the end there. Oh, I was hoping you slipped bad. Yeah. For sure, hoping you slipped bad. didn't happen. You made it through. Good work. The roar was... Better than I expected. I've heard worse. (laughs) Yeah. Better than I expected, for sure. Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, I can't complain. Guys, thanks for tuning in live to us tonight. This is a new night for us on Wednesdays. Normally, we're on Tuesdays. Uh, We bumped it over to Wednesday's hump day. Uh, because more action happens on Wednesday, right, guys? So welcome in. We're the four guys from Belly Up Fantasy Live, your four nights. I'm Chris Pinto. With me is Tom, Ryan, and Billy uh, all over the world. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How about you, Chris? Oh, man, I can't complain. Uh, we got this little promo code here. Y'all can see up at the top and at the bottom. Uh, we have been sponsored by Manscaped. Ryan's rocking the shirt. I got my package in earlier today. Ryan's already used the product. Ryan, how is it? My balls are silky smooth. Uh, <laughs> I used it earlier. Uh, I got the. I, I did a little promo video for it. I sent it to Mike, and I got the product. I charged it up. I used it. I use. I'm wearing ball deodorant as we speak. My ball smells squeaky clean. It is a nice smell, guys. It smells really good. It's really good. I'm very impressed. Uh, I cannot wait to try mine. Uh, The lawnmower 3.0. The package is nice. The shirt looks nice. The boxers look cool. And the little uh, travel handbag that everything goes in. Can't wait to use it next Mm. time I go to my in-law's house. Um, I want to see Ryan's promo video. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to send it to (laughs) y'all. 
I'm so wearing the underwear. Watching, if y'all are looking for uh, a good gift for yourself or for a loved one, use the hashtag promo code for Manscaped down at the bottom. Belly Up Fantasy. It's 20% off. So great deals going on and the holidays coming around. Go check that out. Um, let's move on, though, guys. We've got week three matchups. And we're going to talk, first of all, about the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing drinking this Shinerbach because, guys, I just dropped Matt Stafford in one of my leagues for Minshew Mania, Tom Gardner Minshew. Let's go, the Minstache. Man, uh, he's electric to watch. He's fun to watch. This week <laughs> on Thursday Night Football, there's going to be the 0-2 Miami Dolphins versus the 1-1 Jacksonville Jaguars. The point total is 47. The implied point total is 47. And we've got Ryan Fitzmagic, Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico, uh, quarterback 11, quarterback 23 in 2020. It's Gardner Minshew at quarterback 11 this week, guys. Um, stats all aside, the kid is super fun to watch. And when you look at their supporting cast, who's fantasy relevant, right? You got Miles Gaskin who has handled 65% of the snaps for uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins. And then you've got James Robinson, who's had 65% of the opportunity share for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner Minshew hasn't had a red zone carry uh, since this kid's hit the scene. So he's actually running back 14 in a PPR league with 13 abated tackles. The kid's lightning. So if he's available... I'm looking to go get this guy. Your wide receivers are phenomenal as well. I mean, you got Devontae Parker. You got Preston Williams, who we've harped on since the beginning. Um, and then you got DJ Chark, and you got Biz, right? Chenault Jr. Um, all of these guys are electric. They should have pretty decent games because the defenses aren't very um, good. I guess the Dolphins are, are getting better, I suppose. Uh, but here's what I wanted to get to. I kind of skipped over the pass catchers because there's one pass catcher I want to talk about. I've got egg all over my face in the belly up bowl. I benched him last week in lieu of Logan Thomas, and it's Mike Gusecki. Ryan's guy, Mike Gusecki. The guy's got 23.9% of the target share. He went 8-11, and 1 over the course of two weeks. He has 11.8 yards per target, guys. The dude's tight end number six, and I sat him last week for Logan Thomas, and I've got egg all over my face. I barely won in the belly up bowl, but Mike Gusecki would have helped me win more you know i wouldn't have been the worst manager in the league uh billy what are your thoughts on this thursday night game you know i really like Minshew going into this game i like a little smack talk with the facial hair with fist magic throwing some shade at Minshew's mustache Minshew returning the favor with a little shade on uh fitz magic's age so uh a little hot under the collar so i'm, I'm interested to see a uh, motivated Minshew on thursday night football uh thursday night game is usually kind of poop fest but uh, I think the Jags and Dolphins might have something in store for us. I'm starting all my guys that I have in this game, and uh, I'm looking for a really big one from James Robinson. I love the workload that he's getting, and the Jags just use him. So he's producing, and for some reason, better than Leonard Fournette did on this team. I don't know if the defenses are running a little bit different against them, but I just like what I'm seeing out of him. So uh, definitely got to start Minshew. Find a way to get him in your lineup. Uh, as far as the Dolphins go, I don't know about Fitzmagic, but uh, I think the ball gets spread around. Gusecki, definitely a guy you want to have in your lineup until – he proves you wrong. Um, there could be a lot of points in this one. I'm taking the over on 47. 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, I am too, I think. I like Minshew this week as far as uh, quarterback goes. I love is a juicy matchup for both of these offenses. Neither one of these defenses are impressive. Uh, I'm curious to see if Chark bounces back. He didn't look so good last week, but uh, Minshew's just going crazy. I also want to see about Parker, see how healthy is he. He scored last week. I didn't start him in a couple of weeks because I was worried about his health. And then Robinson's been a revelation. I'm starting to wonder if, if we maybe should have all hopped on this guy in the waivers. Uh, but obviously, I mean, I wasn't even going to say anything, but Mike Gusecki's a monster. He's an absolute monster. And uh, I, I had projected him at tight end four coming into the season, and I think that's going to probably wind up good, especially if half these tight ends keep missing games with injuries. Kittle's down. Tom, what do you think? I mean, I'll put it this way. I told you guys about Gardner Minshew. I mean, hey, you I'll did. put it this way. You did. <laughs> there, Ryan, you did tell us about uh, Mike Gusecki as well. So we got – we're – Two for two on these guys so far. I'll be at only two weeks in. Uh, Minshew's a no question. Uh, honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I have zero interest in. Fitzmagic is its not my thing. Um, Miles Gaskin, I have picked up in a number of leagues, though. I have a lot of interest in him. That Miami backfield's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I think going into the season, a lot of people weren't sure what to think, but he's really come out and become a, you know, kind of a bright spot down there. Um, and then, I mean, as far as Jacksonville with chart being questionable, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault get a lot of touches. Tight end you know, situation isn't great in uh, Jacksonville. So uh, I'd look for the other two. Even if Shark is playing, uh, they'll probably get a, a little bit of uh, extra targets. Yeah, the only thing I want to add to that is, I mean, you hit it nail, the nail on the head with Miles Gaskin. I mean, the dude is – he's the guy down there, and they like him at 65% of the snaps. But what's really crazy about him is I'll talk about this later on with some of my favorite picks is he's got almost a 31% juke rating with eight evaded tackles. Uh, shout out to Dave Wright, FF Spaceman, for those stats. Love you, Dave. Not too shabby. Not at all. Those are actually ranked pretty high in the league, and the kid hasn't been on the field very often. Well, next game we're talking about here, San Francisco – uh, at New York Giants, not a very interesting game to me. I don't know about you guys. Total points, 40 and a half over under here. Uh, I'd take the under on this one. It's about to look really ugly. Both of these teams got destroyed by injuries. Uh, obviously, the big ones, my leg, Saquon Barkley, out from <laughs> for an ACL, uh, looking like Fred out here from SpongeBob. Um, I mean, beyond that, you also have Jimmy G probably going to be out. Nick Bosa is probably out. Obviously not as fancy relevant. Um, yeah, it's it's just got ugly for these two teams. So, um, 
Raheem Moster also doubtful, so uh, along with Tevin Coleman. So Jarek McKinnon from the 49ers, probably the only real fancy relevant uh, back for them. Um, and it's looking like Nick Mullins is probably going to be starting at quarterback. So if you're desperate for some reason, uh, you know he will be the starter, it looks like, for the Niners. I don't really have a lot of interest in any of the you know, pass catchers for the Niners just due to the fact that Mullins is going to be the one throwing it. Kittle's questionable, so even if he's on the field – it's just not going to get pretty for him. Yeah, I everything you just said right there was spot on, Palm. Nick Mullins does not excite me that much. Like you said, uh, I do like Jeff Wilson Jr. a little bit, but I want to highlight Darius Slayton, another one of Ryan's my guys. Um, Darius Slayton. The vacated targets from this offense normally go to a running back, unless the running back just got signed last night. Uh in Devonta Freeman, right? So I'm looking at Darius Slayton, who has been Daniel Jones's almost right-hand man. Uh, 87% of the snaps were out there. 20% of the target share goes to him. Um, he's wide receiver 16 so far, and he went 9-15 for 135-2 and two over the course of two weeks. Um, if the pass, if the play action works with Daniel Jones, he's going to succeed because he's got the best separation ability uh, among the amongst the wide receivers. Um, he's also been targeted in the red zone four times. So I'm looking at Darius Slayton have a boom week this week, guys. Uh, Billy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm high on the Slayton train after watching him week one against Pittsburgh. I mean, if you listen to me at all, uh, the Pittsburgh defense is just vaunted, and I hate playing any of my guys against them. Uh, but Slayton is the one guy that's had a really, really good day against them. Last week, not as great of a day. Um, but I look for Slayton to kind of develop into a guy that you're going to want to find in your lineup more often than not, especially as we get into the season and work some of these early season bugs out. The running back situation is going to be a mess. I mean, you got, you've got Gallman, Deion Lewis. I'm not sure if either one of those guys are guys that you need to be playing right now, uh, unless you have some injury concerns, of course, which is, you know, most of us at this point. Uh, more, more flex guys, in my opinion. Uh, uh, Devontae Freeman gets going on that offense. I think it'll be quick before, uh, you know, he shows he's the one to have. Uh, as far as the the Niners go, you know, just decimated with injuries. I like what I saw with Jarek McKinnon. He had a big play last week. Um, I, I don't know how they want to use him as far as the workload goes, not having him healthy for a couple years. You know, you want to try to keep him on the field, especially when he's producing and starting to play well. The Niners uh, wide receiver situation is just abysmal. Jimmy G's unhealthy. I don't know if there's anybody on that side of the ball that I'm playing, uh, maybe other than McKinnon plugging him into a flex spot right now. Yeah, I mean, I think San Francisco is yucky. I think really other than McKinnon, I don't want anything to do with him. Same thing with Chris was saying. I'm all over Slayton. I do think Daniel Jones actually gets a bit better matchup than people are expecting because all those guys are hurt for San Fran too, Bosa. All those guys got hurt, and I'm not sure the defense is going to be able to handle this offense after their offense keeps screwing them over and over and over again. Uh, so I will have some Jones exposure and for sure Slayton. And then obviously McKinnon, if you were able to snag him, he was on waivers a lot. I mean, that would have been a great snag, especially short term, because we do have so many running back injuries right now. Anybody else got anything on this one? One quick thing to add. I wouldn't be shocked to see a couple more injuries out of this one. I hate to say that, but hey, that turf at MetLife does not look like it's Ooh. treating these guys well. Yeah. Well, I guess that moves us to our next matchup, which is Washington at Cleveland. The over-under is 43-5. This could be a high-scoring game, guys. I think this is a week we see Gibson really get the touches of an RB1. 
Uh, I really want to focus on the RBs with this because the Chubb Hunt thing, I mean, I know anybody who owns either one of those guys is wondering what's going on. That first week it looked like Chubb. Last, I mean, uh, Hunt, last week it looked like Chubb in the first half and Hunt in the second half. So what are we going to be getting this week? Uh, this game could be closer than people think. Uh, so I do think they're going to be running Chubb pretty hard. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I just can't – I don't like what I see with Cleveland. I think this is a tough over-under too. Tom, what do you think? I mean, I'll be honest. Washington is an enigma to me. Like, this is a team that we thought was going to be so bad going into the year, but their defense has really shown up. Um, and offensively, I mean, at running back, uh, you know, they haven't looked absolutely terrible between uh, Gibson, McKissick, Barber, um, and obviously, you know, the one receiver that they have looks pretty good. Uh, the guy that really, you know, we talked about last week, though, and I'm kind of curious as to what this week's going to hold for him is tight end there for uh, Washington, Logan Thomas. I mean, we were all really big on him after a huge week one last week, really kind of let us down. So, um, honestly, against Cleveland, um, I don't see him being in for a big week. I think that they're going to run the ball a lot against Cleveland here, just try and pound it down their throats. It's going to be, like you said, a running back battle here. Um, But I guess Logan Thomas being that one bright spot, if you're going to pick a receiver from this Washington team, uh, I'd probably try and pick up, if you don't already have Gusecki, that is. Right. Yeah, the one guy that I'm going to harp on like I've been for a long time, guys, is just Kareem Hunt. Uh, I'm going over my SEC guy and Nick Chubb. Uh, but, I mean, where you drafted Kareem Hunt, he is paying off dividends for you like you're on Broadway right now. Um, he's got 17 evaded tackles, which leads the team. He's got two big runs, which is only one run under – one big run under Nick Chubb. He has a 58.6% juke rating, which is ridiculous uh, as Chubb is, like, in the 30s. Um, he has the longest rush for the Browns. In PPR right now, he's running back eight um, and 64 yards after the catch. I mean, the dude's in every facet of the game, and he gets half the playing time of Nick Chubb. So, And he's outscoring him, which is really cool. So if he gets any more playing time, uh, this dude's a a, a top five running back for the rest of the season in Kareem Hunt. Uh, I really like him. And yeah, for Washington, man, I just, if it's not F1 McLaren, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not touching it. Uh, Billy, what do you got for this one? As far as the Redskins go, same thing. I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, Gibson get going. I want to see if they can actually use him in a facet where he doesn't look like a gimmick player. Uh, so kind of excited to see that Logan Thomas is still getting targets. So as far as usage goes, I'm all right plugging him into a tight end spot if I'm not happy with who my tight end one was. Uh, you know, if I don't have a guy like Gusecki to throw in there. You know, Logan Thomas is going to get some work, and with the running backs, you know, they're using a the plethora of those guys. So play action in the red zone, I think that's a pretty good opportunity uh, for Logan Thomas if you had to play someone from Washington outside of McLaurin. Uh, as far as the, the Browns go, I'm, I'm with you on Kareem Hunt. I'm just excited to see that. Uh, he's getting the playing time he is. Nick Chubb is probably the prime sell high candidate for me if I owned him anywhere. I have no shares, just uh, kind of where I drafted, but uh, I don't hate the guy. I just uh, really like how the the games the game script seems to favor Kareem Hunt at the end of games. The Browns just really aren't standing games, and their passing games has just been kind of abysmal. So uh, going up against the the Washington football team, uh, about let the Redskins name slip there, <laughs> but. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure in, uh, in Baker Mayfield's face. So I, I, the passing game I'm not too excited about. I think they use the, the running back tandem to, to keep Baker Mayfield clean. So uh, Hunt and Chubb, throw them in. 
Uh, I think they'll do something. And I'm tempering expectations with Odell Beckham. I mean, one long touchdown last week or he another week where you're just really underwhelmed with him in your lineup. So kind of avoiding that at all costs. Anything else you got? I just think it was funny that you and Tom both mentioned Gusecki over Logan Thomas after Pinto started Logan Thomas over Gusecki in week two. Look, we're moving on. Low-key dig. I loved it. Uh, that's probably pretty painful down the stretch, just watching Gusecki just rack up points. I mean, it was oh, great. Yes, it was. It was. Okay. And then y'all all saw, we were all watching Red Zone, texting each other. And we all saw the Gusecki <laughs> touchdown. Okay. Move on. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll bring us right into the next game. We got Cincinnati visiting the Eagles. Uh, the battle of 0 and 2. Probably the most exciting 0 and 2 matchup uh, we could have coming into week three here. Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, defense is really struggling, but the offense is starting to move the ball. They're slinging it around. Burrow's leading the NFL in pass attempts. I mean, a rookie quarterback leading the NFL in pass attempts. So that shows you what they think of him and his ability to run that system. Wide receivers all around. I really want to see Mixon get going. He's number six in carries, but he's hovering around running back 30 range in fantasy points and PPR scoring. So definitely getting the usage. The production hasn't been there yet. I do expect him to get going. And this is probably going to be the week. The Eagles aren't exactly a vaunted run defense. Kind of struggling everywhere. I, th- I think, uh, you know, there's nothing that they're going to do that's really going to stop the Bengals from trying to do what they want. Uh, Drew Sample getting a lot of targets there. Another tight end guy coming up. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're in need of a guy, this is a dude that's getting targets. I mean, he came right in the game after CJ went down uh, instantly producing and just looking like he's a pretty good player. So I'm kind of excited for them. Uh, AJ Green. Oh, man, I, I, I went every analyst drafting him late, plugging him in, thinking you're getting a high-quality guy that everybody's kind of just over based on injuries. Hasn't really done it yet. However, there's only three wide receivers in the league that are being targeted more than him. So the usage is there, so that's exciting for me. I feel like Burrow will get it going. He's, he knows who the ball needs to go to in certain situations. It's, it's just a matter of time before Edgy Green gets his legs under him, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so on the other side of the ball, Miles Sanders couldn't be more excited about him. Looked really good last week. Uh, to Tom's point, you know, Tom is right. He is the he's the bell cow there. They are giving him the whole job. And uh, Jalen Rieger out for a long long bit of time here. So I'm really tempering expectations with Wentz, maybe shopping for another quarterback if I'm relying on him. And uh, outside of the run game and the tight ends, you know, I'm, I'm not real excited about what Philly's got to bring in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I – the Burrow thing – I'm really impressed. I mean, I know we all suspected he's going to be good, but so far, so very good in my opinion. The Philly line is still a concern, um, but I really do love Sanders. I think he's going to be the guy that we all thought he was going to be. I drafted him high because of it. So I'm really looking forward to, especially because I got some Saquon exposure. I need that Sanders. I need like Saquon 2.0 out of him. Uh, And then the A.J. Green thing, it just looks like they're a tiny bit out of sync, A.J. and Burrow. I mean, the targets are there. He just it's just off. We saw that exceptional catch he made. He didn't make the catch where he drugged it, just stepped out of bounds. That was incredible. Something that guys like AJ Green, it's only guys like AJ Green can do. So I'm still thinking that AJ Green's gonna be a good uh guy to have in your roster. I'm just waiting for them to get all the way in sync because man, he was making some pretty athletic looking plays. It was just a tiny bit off every time. And if they can tighten that up, I'm really looking forward to seeing what AJ Green can do. Tom, what do you think? I'll tell you what, I think that as far as run and pass game goes here for the Bengals, I think they're going to struggle a lot more on the run than they are the pass. Uh, You know, this Eagles linebacker core is not good, right? 
But the one thing that they actually do surprisingly well is tackle. Nate Gary has actually done fairly well against, you know, Ryan, but he can't cover for his life. So uh, I would say Joe Burrow has been, you know, around that QB 20, uh, you know, week one. And I believe he was fairly close last week, but I would expect he's going to have a a bigger week uh, against the Eagles here. But I do think that they could have a chance to maybe not shut down, but definitely slow Joe Mixon. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, obviously without Jalen Rager, um, it's not going to be pretty for the passing game for Philly here. Uh, if you were counting on Wentz you know, early in this season, even after week one, you probably should have thought twice about that, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but running game-wise, I mean, Miles Sanders, like we've said, he's a stud. He looked great last week, uh, first week back in the season. And oddly enough, even with the uh, you know, offensive line being a little bit banged up, yeah, they brought in rookie Nate Herbert, or excuse me, Herbig, um, actually one of the higher rated run blocking uh, O linemen this year. So you know, I think a little bit more confident than a lot of people are on on the Eagles O line for run blocking. Man, I own Joe Mixon in a few leagues, and I keep telling myself he's going to do it. He has he's averaging twenty touches a week. He's getting the volume. But I started him over Kareem Hunt week one and week two. It's time. I'm sorry, Joe Mixon. You got to show me. The one guy I want to highlight, though, for the Cincinnati Bengals is Joe Burrow. The dude's lightning in a bottle, right? He, he's the man. He's the face of the, franchi- face of the franchise. 160 snaps, 506 yards. His dot target is 8.0. I mean, he's throwing this ball. QBR 81.5, and he's a QB 12 on the year. Um, From PFF, the most positively graded plays by a quarterback, can you guess? Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and then the list drops off after there. The kid's going to do it against Philadelphia, who's 0-2. He's going to get his first win finally in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, Tom, you might have to go to a and b man. I mean, they might – just, you know, explode. <laughs> yeah, I might be going to AA if that's the case. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, any of y'all have anything to add to this game? I, I think we pretty I much want to do a quick shout-out. Yeah. I see Goy- the Goyati in uh, Twitter. That guy is in one of the belly-up divisions, and he writes weekly things for their league, and they're awesome reads. Uh, you can It's on his site, Goyati, which is get off your ass and do something, or get off your ass and do it. That's what Goyati stands for. And he writes these awesome comedic uh, articles for the Belly Up League that he's in with all the players, and he does power rankings and stuff like that. It's really awesome. What's up, Gray? I want to shout out some good work from you, man. I enjoy reading your stuff. Maybe we can get him on board and do something for us. Yeah, he's, it's, it's enjoyable stuff. He, yeah, I, uh, I've been enjoying him since we started. He's in my division, and uh, really a lot of the smack talk at the beginning kicking off is a lot of fun. Uh, he's got a lot of really interesting input, and, man, he pays pretty good attention to what's going on. So if you do something, uh, expect to get a little uh, readout about it and his weekly updates. So he's a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, obviously, we have Marco and Scott, two uh, division leaders, and uh, Scott in the top four. Y'all see that at the end of the show as our little tickers will keep on going. Uh, we're going to move on, though to two teams, guys, that are thriving right now. And speaking of thriving, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. Come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. 
Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. Use promo code BELLYUP when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today. Why not? Try it out. Check it out. And we're going to talk about two thriving teams right now. I'm talking about the 2-0 and Las Vegas Raiders going to Gillette at New England, who is 1-1 with a thriving quarterback who is brand new to the system. Uh, they probably developed the system for him. The over-under, or I'm sorry, the point total on this is 47.5 points. You got Derek Carr. You got Cam Newton. Cam Newton right now, guys, is the quarterback three. A dot at 7.2. He's handled 72 snaps, and he's on pace for a huge year on the ground. Did Josh McDaniels design this offense for him? Probably, I would assume, uh, because the best running back on that team is Cam Newton. I was going to talk about Patriots running backs, but here we are. Not being able to talk about any of them except for Cam Newton. Um, And then you guys, boy, Julian Edelman, who was nowhere until the end of the game, uh, as Billy knows very, very well. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but then you also have Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry. Ryan is, though, too, at tight end, guys. I mean, 97.2% of the snaps over two weeks. He only has a 4.7% target here because they're not throwing. Kim is running this thing um, down people's throats. Um, but really excitingly, though, are the Las Vegas Raiders and their brand new Coliseum, right? We saw it unveiled and it was just marvelous. You got Derek Carr handling 80 snaps over two weeks and you have his workhorse running back who is probably going to end up the year as running back three, possibly if he gets the 66 targets that he's on pace or 66 catches that he's on pace for. Josh Jacobs, he leads the NFL or I'm probably in the top three of abated tackles uh, in the NFL at 23 evaded tackles due to shifting. It's a 39% juke rating. Uh, and he also is starting to catch these balls like he's been wanting, right? Uh, his numbers are solid, 66% of the snaps. If he's out there, he's getting the ball. Um, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, excellent rookie wide receivers, right, who are going to do well and could win you weeks later down the road. Excellent for DFS. But the best pass catcher on this team, very like, very much like the San Francisco 49ers, is our tight end. Darren Waller, man, the Wallerist. Uh, they pretty much told his story on Monday Night Football. It was amazing. I got goosebumps because I, it was the second or third time I've heard it. So it was amazing. I love the Wallerist, man. 93% of the snaps that this offense is doing, he's out on the field. He's blocking. He's running routes. Um, and he's the tight end, two on the year in PPR format. Uh, you saw how much he got fed uh, during that showcase game. So um, I've been talking about Waller and Josh Jacobs for a while because of my buddy Scott Davis, who is also leading in the belly up bowl. So, Billy, what do you have to add? And I definitely want to talk about Julian Edelman with you. <laughs> yeah. We'll save that for the end. Uh, so the Raiders, I, I really like what Josh Jacobs is doing. I mean, had a touchdown kind of sniped from him last week. Otherwise, would have had a – you know, fourth touchdown of the year and two weeks already. I don't look for the Raiders receivers to have too big a games against the Patriots just because Belichick is who he is, and he will make those guys uh, be non-existent. But Darren Waller is the second most targeted player in the NFL behind DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, if you have him locked into your lineup, you have a bona fide tight end one, and I don't see that changing any time soon. I think if the Raiders are going to pull this one off, uh, I, I, you know, I told you they would beat the Saints last week. Not so sure about the Patriots this week just because – 
uh, the, the lack of weapons and the coaching that Bill Belichick is probably going to have in store for them. But I like Jacobs. I like Waller. And I think Carr could have a decent day if you're in Superflex or need a guy right now. Uh, the other side of the ball, uh, Cam, I mean, 14 design runs week one, 11 design runs week two. It's obviously obvious what they're trying to do, and they're just going to do it until it doesn't work anymore. Cam did show that he could throw it around a little bit against the Seahawks last week. Looked pretty good. Um, Seahawks are the worst defense in the NFL against the pass, giving up over 400 yards a game right now. So I'm not sure that's quite the feat. But yeah, Julian Edelman, huge game, eight catches, uh, well over a buck fifty, and uh, a big reason why my son buried me last week uh, in our in our redraft league. Thanks to Chris's last minute advice on starting sit him or uh, yeah in the morning there before games kicked off. So that was a fun one. Glad I could help Sam win that against you, Billy. <laughs> yeah, you got man. me in my dynasty league uh, week one, our redraft league week two, and uh, it's been rough around the house the last couple of days. We're all enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Scott said it best. Waller is a beast. He he just is. Uh, he's going to be a target monster all year. Jacobs had a tough matchup last year, uh, last week. I like his matchup better this week, so I'm all in on Jacobs again. Cam, my God, how long can he do what he's doing, though? That's my concern because he is running like a tank, and we've seen him do it in the past, and he doesn't hold up. Uh, but I really liked what I saw from Harry last week. Nikhil Harry uh, could be a PPR machine if what happened last week continues. That's the most accurate I've seen Cam in a long time. I'm not sure if that's going to hold up, but. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I was impressed. And then Edwards, that's what I was expecting week one. I love seeing him get all those looks. Uh, I think he's going to grow and rugs as well, obviously, as the year progresses. And this offense is going to get a little more potent as the season goes. And then as far as New England, look, I think Cam is a ticking time bomb. And I'm, a, I'm even afraid to start him on a weekly basis. Tom, I'm sure you feel similar. I mean, you guys know that. I, I said that from the start. Cam Newton is great. He, I mean, there's no denying he's uh, QB three through two weeks. That's fantastic. I can't justify it when I don't know when that time bomb is going to go off. He's going to get hurt and it's going to end. And then Jared Stim's going to come in and be the next Tom Brady until he's not really, but he's going to take over on the as the starter. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, Josh Jacobs against this defense is going to eat. That New England defense doesn't does not impress me. Jacobs is going to have a great game. Waller, like we said, going to get touches like no other. Um, especially, you know, we have a lot of guys that are questionable going into this week for the Raiders. So, uh, you know, we see uh, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller, e- even though he's questionable. 
Um, even Josh Jacobs is questionable going into this week. So we'll see how it really turns out. I think Jacobs uh, and Waller are your safest bets. Um, Brian Edwards, I think long-term is going to be a, a solid you know, guy to hold from the, uh, the Raiders. New England, to be honest, because I know that Cam's not going to hold up, I, I'm not starting him just because it could be this week, it could be next week. Um, I, I would be interested in a guy like Sony Michelle or James White, though, uh, depending on the matchup. Probably in this one, probably more of a James White if he's healthy to play. Um, anyone else got anything on the uh, the Patriots and Raiders? I think I just want to add, I'm going to tag on with that with James White. I think it's, if James White returns this game, whatever game James White returns in, it will be a James White game. Exactly. So if he's if he's playing in this game, yeah, he'll probably be my you know in my flex for sure. So. There you go. Well, next one, a uh, little lopsided here. Chicago two and zero going into Atlanta, who's zero and two. Not a great start for him. So uh, point total forty seven and a half. Um, I mean, what can you say about these two teams? I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I think, has surprised a lot of people. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but his play has actually been decent. Maybe bringing in Nick Foles really brought out that, uh, you know, tiny bit of a, a player he has in him. Uh, I mean, looking in, at his stats, he's quarterback 14 so far. Uh, not terrible. You know, not quite QB1, but, hey, if somebody's holding two quarterbacks for some reason or if you're in a deeper league, not a bad place to be, or definitely if you're in a super flex league. Uh, somebody that you can definitely look to play, especially against kind of a banged up Atlanta defense. A lot of guys, again, you know, on that questionable list, they're you know not practicing midweek here, so uh, could be a good play. Uh, like I said, the super flex. Um, beyond that, uh, as far as the Chicago offense goes, um, David Montgomery looking pretty good so far to me, at least. I don't know about you guys, but um, I've liked what I saw from him last week. Um, receiver, though, other than Allen Robinson. I'm staying away. I still just don't know who's going to be the number two, who's going to be the number three. Um, so Atlanta, though, Matt Ryan, uh, again, off to a great season. Uh, he's at QB six right now. Uh, I mean, if you draft Matt Ryan, you're going to play him. He's a year in, year out QB one. Not much of a question. Julio, uh, obviously, starting him. Todd Gurley, you're starting him. Even Calvin Ridley, you're starting him. So, I mean, I'm starting most of the Atlanta offense, even if it, excuse me, even at zero and two. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, this is 2020 in a nutshell, right? The Chicago Bears are two and zero, and the Atlanta Falcons are zero and two. Welcome to 2020, guys. Jeez, and we're talking about Mitch Trubisky, right? Uh, wow. I mean, all of Atlanta's receivers. I mean. Dallas and Atlanta could have three receivers that legit go over a thousand yards each. So Calvin Ridley, I believe over the course of two weeks is the wide receiver one at an astounding rate. I mean, he's dropping dot. I mean, he's catching touchdown passes left and right. But like I said, I want to talk about Mitch Trubisky. Um, if this kid, the, the defense or his offensive line is pretty good. They've given him a lot of time and they've shown that with David Montgomery as well. Um, giving him huge holes, but a dot rating for Mr. Trubisky is 8.7 yards, right? I mean, that's pretty good. And then 92.7 QBR, like Tom mentioned, you know, QB 14, which is pretty good. And on passes three seconds or more, Mr. Trubisky is nine for 10 at 116 and two touchdowns with a QBR of 154.6. Stupid numbers, right? 
his offensive line is good. Um, maybe Nick Foles gets back there and wins him the ship. Who knows? Uh, but the I don't best know. backup quarterback in football. Best back, right? Right, Billy. What do you think, man? I mean, I know you're a big Iowa Hawkeye guy, and I know what you think about the, with the about the Bears. So. I'll tell you one thing I know about Nick Foles is he's the best backup quarterback in the NFL, and he might be one of the best quarterback coaches in the NFL. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that he's been in the quarterback room with. Uh, Wentz played his best football. Look what Minshew did in relief for uh, for Foles. I mean, after the first drive of the season, Minshew came in and gave us what we know today as Minshew Mania, and now Mitch Trubisky is playing his best football by far. It just goes to, just speaks to the, the person that Nick Foles is coming into these roles, knowing what his role is and, and doing what he can. Just a guy I really like and praise and hope for some success for him. Uh, and, and I'm really happy for Mitch Trubisky, too. I mean, everybody wrote him off as a bust and, but you know, wrote him off. Foles is the guy. Get rid of Trubisky. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really got that offense, you know, exceeding expectations right now. I like David Montgomery in this game a lot. I like what he saw last week. I uh, had him in my stardom article. Didn't quite have the day I thought he would, but he might be still getting back uh, from the injury woes. But uh, really happy with the usage and him. No Tariq Cohen for me. I, I just cannot get on that train at all. I hear a lot of uh, PPR push of him, but I'm not there. Allen Robinson is going to eat this week. Uh, the back end of the Falcons defense is terrible. I mean, you can throw at will on these guys. And I also look for Jimmy Graham and maybe some Anthony Miller as well. And hopefully Trubisky has a big day, be a good guy for some DFS lineups. Now I'm starting to – get in on that quite a bit. Uh, on the Atlanta side, one guy I really want to highlight, I mean, we know about Julio, we know about Calvin Ridley, but Russell Gage, I mean, this guy is getting targeted, and he is producing. I mean, this guy is a legitimate wide receiver three, and the Falcons are going to need him, and they're going to need him all year long. So really excited to see what he has. They're running him in some wildcat stuff. I mean, he couldn't have handed Julio a better pass at the goal line for Julio to drop, the, you know, finally getting in the end zone touchdown-wise for us, couldn't make it happen, but Really excited about Russell Gage. This could be a pretty fun game. You know, young Bears team looking to kind of keep the winning going on, and Atlanta really needs a win. So I look for them to really push to try to make sure that they, they get a lead and stay ahead in this one. Yeah, I mean, you all have already said what can be said about Trubisky. He's looked good. I mean, I knew it was possible from two years ago. He showed those flashes where he could be a serviceable fantasy quarterback, especially if he uses his legs. But, I mean, this is right. Uh, Calvin Ridley is totally outperforming Julio Jones fantasy-wise, and Julio might miss this week. They're saying his hamstring injury is more serious than they thought, although I haven't been caught up to date throughout the day. That's the last thing I saw. And then Matt Ryan, man, you talk about consistency. I wasn't high in him because I felt like his ceiling was a bit lower than some of the other elite quarterbacks, but they're just throwing the bejesus out of the ball, and their defense is so bad they have to. Uh, to bring up what Scott said, or Marco said about Montgomery isn't consistent. Well, the thing is, he is getting some consistent touches, and uh, it's not like he hasn't produced. He hasn't gotten a touchdown volume I'd like to see, but I have been relatively impressed with Monty. Uh, the other thing is Anthony Miller. I know he was a little less impressive week two, but I am pretty certain that they're going to have to throw, and Robinson isn't. He's going to get their best corner every week, and Miller should be able to take advantage of that more often than not. Uh, and as far as tight ends go here, I mean, Purse is a guy that I'm okay with getting some exposure to. But other than that, I don't think I like any of the Chicago tight ends. I know Graham had a bigger week, but I'm just not going to fall for that. He's a shell of himself. What do you all think about this? I think I'm going over on this 47-5. What do you all think? I like the over as well. I think yeah. Graham could play a role in just a red zone threat. They kind of need that. But, uh, yeah, I like the over. It's kind of a sneaky pick, though. Yeah, I think yeah, 
especially with the way Ridley's playing. I mean, if he's out there, he's going to get some yards. He's going to get into the end zone. Yeah, he's got a nose for it. You have anything to say about this before we move on? No, go ahead, man. All right, let's move on to the Rams and the Bills, two undefeated teams over under is 47-5. Let's first off acknowledge that Josh Allen is a machine. Uh, The guy has been on fire, and this is what I expected could happen. I didn't know that this would happen, and I have a lot of Josh Allen exposure. I'm not going to lie, so I'm pretty excited about having Allen. And then uh, Diggs, good God, Diggs last week. How many targets did he get? That was insane. And Brown still looks to be relatively effective. They have two receivers that you want exposure to. It's very rare. It's really put a damper on Knox, who I was really high on earlier on. But Diggs and Brown are a one-two punch. That's something good to look at. I think I was wrong on Higby. He's a little bit better than I thought he was. I thought Everett was really going to eat into his uh, touches, and he hasn't seemed to affect him too much. He looks a lot more athletic than I remember seeing him last year. I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's the new uniforms, but the guy that I got the guy that I got really excited about last week was Henderson. He looked good. That was what I thought we could see last year, and it never materialized because you know honestly their offensive line sucked. And I'm not so sure about this Buffalo Vaughn defense. They've gotten games come closer than I expected them to. In the end, they've given up some points late, especially. So I am looking at Henderson as like a fly play because everybody sees Buffalo's defense, and they're initially like Noah. Not against Buffalo's defense, but I think Henderson could capitalize, especially if Akers is still banged up. He looked real good last week. Like somebody that they're, I think they're going to get touches to him no matter if Akers is healthy or not. So, yeah, I, I like this game. I want to get some exposure to it. I think Knox breaks out this week or next week. I'm telling y'all. I mean, Knox could have a, a breakout game coming up here, but I got to save the Josh Allen talk for, for last year. I got to end on that, right? <laughs> Before getting there, I do want to talk about these Buffalo receivers. Have we talked about the fact that they have two receivers in the top 10 in standard scoring? I mean, Brown, baby. And even if you go to half point, it's still top 10. Josh Brown drops to 10th from 9th. But, I mean, these guys are killing it. Obviously, you start either one of them if you have them. But the bigger news, and I never thought I would be saying this. I mean, not that we didn't think Josh Allen would be a good quarterback. You know, I I did think he'd be pretty good. He's the QB2. And have we seen his completion percentage? Yeah. He went from about, I believe he was out, let's see, uh, 52.8 his rookie season to a 58.8 last season. And albeit only through two games, a 70.4% completion percentage. That's Drew Brees numbers of completion percentage from a guy who every question anybody had was on his accuracy. And all he's done this year is throw darts. I want every share of Josh Allen I can possibly get, which is about impossible at this point. I don't even care about the Rams. I, nobody on that team really interests me right now from a fantasy perspective. I'm sorry. They just – I mean – I. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, great. Okay. But compared to the Bills, I blown them out of the water. Yeah, I agree. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's pump the brakes. Okay. Josh Allen, A plus. Devin Singletary, not so good. Zach no. Moss, mediocre. Stefan Diggs, cool. J- Smokey Brown, where you drafted him, A plus. Mm. But 
the L.A. Rams guys, come on, man. You got the guy that looks like the kid off the notebook at your quarterback. You got got Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. You got Cam Akers. You got Daryl Henderson. You got Malcolm Brown. You got Tyler Higbeast. You got Gerald Everett. Come on, you got Sean McVay, the best-looking coach in the league. I mean, the team's fire, right? They got the brand-new stadium. It's amazing. I want to talk about Cooper Cup, right? He hasn't been very good, per se, over the past two weeks. I think the overcorrection comes during this game. I mean, he's ran 54 routes, 73 yards after the catch. I mean, during this crazy, not this year, but prior to this year, him and Jared Goff are roommates. They've got a connection together, guys. With wide receiver, uh, I'm sorry, at PFF grade, wide receivers that have 40-plus snaps are over. He's the number five wide receiver in the league. He's the number one receiver on the LA Rams team at a 90.8 percentage. And he's tied. Marco, I'm going to shout this out to you, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. But second most receiving yards after the catch. And you know who's tied with? C.D. Lamb. Cooper Cup is the man. I mean, He's going to explode this week, I think, against the Buffalo Bills, even with the extremely good cornerbacks that the Buffalo Bills have. Uh, I think Jared Goff and him find a way to connect. Um, Daryl Henderson does see a bigger workload, obviously, but I think that Cooper Cup gets the force-fed balls. Um, Billy, what do you think about that? I think Cooper Cup is the wide receiver this week. Uh, Robert Woods, I mean, he's great. He has big games kind of the least sexy, productive receiver in the NFL as far as fantasy goes. But um, he does have a tendency to disappear sometimes. So um, I'm kind of staying away from Robert Woods there. But Cooper Cup I like quite a bit. Goff just looks like a whole nother level this year, which is really exciting for the Rams. But I'm kind of waiting for them to get the uh, the, the run game going. It's kind of been a little bit of everybody. Is Henderson going to be the guy? Where What's Malcolm Brown's role going to be as far as fantasy-wise? If you drafted him in a lot of places – like I did, uh, week one is really encouraging. Uh, week two, not so much. So you would have thought with a little less acres, you would have had a little more um, you know, opportunity there. But it didn't work out. As far as the Bills go, I mean, yeah, we talked about John Brown and, and Stephon Diggs. And my thing with those guys is I, I really thought when Diggs came in, that would really kind of mitigate the value with John Brown. And uh, no, it hasn't. Both guys are producing. Both guys look really good, kind of looking for Dawson Knox. A little bit, and I want to see him get the run game going. Which running backs are going to be? Neither one of these guys are doing a whole lot uh, just based on the role that they're playing, but I do like Zach Moss's usage. When they get in the red zone, he's the guy in the game, and uh, when, when Josh Allen's running around, he is targeting him a little bit, so uh, kind of excited for that to develop a little bit, and Josh Allen, I mean, whoa, this guy, he, he's he spent his offseason uh, doing what he should, and it's exciting. He, you can tell he's going through progressions. He's seeing defenses. It's no more backyard football. I mean, he, he's playing good football right now, so I'm excited about the Bills. You guys got anything else here? One thing, Billy, would you start Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes? My wife is asking. Uh, Non-superflex league, obviously. I, I think I would this week. I, I don't really like Mahomes against the Ravens, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And the Chiefs are underwhelming right now. I think you ride the hot hand. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to bookmark that, Billy. Okay, hot take on him, boy. I told you to start Josh Allen last week, 400 yards, four touchdowns. I'm loving what I'm seeing in Buffalo. Hey, Bryn looks at me and goes, what are you telling me to do? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it is scary. I get it. But the Chiefs right now, there's a little bit of Super Bowl hangover going on. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about that in a bit. That's fair. All right, moving on. We got uh, the 
0-2, disappointing Houston Texans. We probably have the worst three-game slate of any team in the NFL to kick off 20. Yeah, no joke. Oh, man, I mean, rough. KC, Baltimore, and now healthy Pittsburgh team with a ridiculous defense. I mean, that is a that is a terrible uh, first month, uh, regardless of who you play next week. And at Pittsburgh, 2-0, over under a 45. Kind of a tricky number. Uh, I'll take the over because I think uh, garbage time, there, there could be some points scored if this gets ugly early. But I look for the Texans to rebound. I mean, this is a, a Pittsburgh team that is a little easier to jump on than, than the Ravens or the Chiefs. And, um, you know, Watson kind of underperforming. But no uh, Brandon Cooks week one, week two, he had a really, really nice game taking over that number one role. But my big thing about the Texans, it's either Fuller or Cooks. We need to kind of see like the Buffalo Bills. We need to see both guys adding some value to this team for this to really work. The run game, I'm tempering expectations with my man uh, David Johnson this week. I think the game script could be a little bit of a problem for them. If, if uh, Pittsburgh gets out and runs a little bit, you know, David Johnson kind of be an afterthought just uh, with the play calling. Uh, Connor, he's a must-start this week against the Texans. Had a great game, 16 carries over 100 yards. Houston's allowed the second most rushing yards this year so far. I know it's only two games, but, hey, the numbers are the numbers. So until they prove me wrong, I'm putting Connor in my lineup this week. I want to see it happen. And I'm a little worried about Deontay Johnson. I think he's a little bit banged up. But he's the second most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. We heard all offseason about Big Ben and his rapport. And, hey, it's it's proven to be a thing. Even with Juju producing, James Washington still in the mix. Uh, but Deontay Johnson proven to kind of be the go-to guy in Pittsburgh. So I'm having him in my lineup if he goes, but a little worried about the injury. So over on the 45, could be a fun, interesting game. And Houston needs a win. So uh, I, I, I hope we see the sense of urgency out of them. Yeah, I suspect desperation mode. Make up your damn mind, O'Brien, on which tight end you want to use. I was all high on Aikens and Fell scored last week. Watch, it's going to be Warring this week and Thomas the next. I hate it. I think I'm going to avoid the Texans tight ends for the moment, but I'm expecting a big game from Watson. I don't care that Pittsburgh's defense is good. He's going to be pissed. They're 0-2. Going 0-3 is not okay. They're going to have to beat Pittsburgh. Uh, so I look for Watson and David Johnson are going to be the two guys that I'm going to be targeting most in that game. Uh, not, not Johnson for his running ability, but for his pass catching ability. And then uh, the Juju Dante tandem is scary. And Ben is looking pretty good this year. So I'm all about that. And then Connor, I'm just going to say, check it out, guys. Hold on. Let's not forget that Snell looked really good week one and they know that Connor is fragile. So I'd be very careful about starting him too much. If he gets that many touches, why wouldn't you, when you have Snell, give him some looks as well. Uh, the Texans D I'm seeing that you were, Posting, they allowed the second most rush yards, so that is a good sign. But if they if they get ahead, I can see more Snell. Why would they use Connor if he's not going to be healthy at the end of the game? So that's my only concern. If Pittsburgh does turn this into a blowout, Connor could be a risky play. But if this game's close, like we expect, they may need to use Connor, and I'd be really high on him. Tom, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, this Steelers offense, aside from James Connor, has lit it up and at tight end. I mean, it's Ebron's done. Okay. Uh, but these receivers, I mean, Juju number uh, wide receiver, 12 Johnson, 19, even chase Claypool at wide receiver 27. I mean, if you got him at the right spot in your draft, or if you were able to pick him up after the draft off, uh, you know, out of free agency or waivers, I mean, he's a huge ad. So uh, I'm big on Claypool, you know, throughout the season here, I think he's going to be a great player for them. He's a bigger receiver that, I think Big Ben's going to like to find him in the end zone. 
Um, I mean, Big Ben, he's a borderline QB1. I don't know that I'd necessarily start him unless you have somebody that's got a bad matchup. Um, but this Houston defense also doesn't look great necessarily. Um, James Conner, I'm, I'm not personally that high on, maybe as a flex. Uh, not necessarily even a key, or excuse me, an RB2 for me right now. Um, Houston, meanwhile, uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, like you said, he's going to be playing angry. He's going to put up some points. Uh, we'll see how he, you know, does running around against this or excuse me, against the Pittsburgh defense. I mean, they've been absolutely harassing, uh, you know, opposing teams right now. Um, but beyond that, if we can figure out which tight end is going to go for them, I'm all in on it because they, they've seemed to like the tight end. Uh, you just have to figure out which one it's going to be, but receiver wise, I'm not big on Cooks. I'm not big on Fuller. I'm not big on any of them. They they just haven't shown anything yet, uh, you know, to be consistently fancy relevant for me. And David Johnson against this defense, uh, I'd be benching him. That's fair. I wanted to just – I was going to piggyback off of you, Tom, on Chase Claypool. The dude is an animal, and they've come out and said they have packages just set up for this guy, and – Big Ben likes him. I mean, the kid is massive, right? And he's an athlete. So I like Chase Claypool a lot. I own him in the Warrior Bowl. Um, but I do want to talk about Brandon Cooks on the Texan side because I want to pump the brakes and say, guys, it's week two. It's okay, right? Like, it's okay. <laughs> Brandon Cooks, by the numbers, looks great, right? 84 snaps, 20% of the target share, 13.1 air yards per target. The number, though, he's the wide receiver 49. That's not good. That's not what you want from your wide receiver two or wide receiver three, or even in some cases your wide receiver one uh, in my situation in the belly up bowl. But that's okay. He's ran 53 routes. He's had only one red zone target, so that's going to go up. He's had a 30% market share of the air yardage, uh, which he has created himself. He's ranked the number 10th wide receiver by PFF in terms of efficiency. So it's going to get corrected. Is 2020 just about to have a huge overcorrection for everybody? Is Julio about to score four touchdowns? Is Brandon Cook about to score three touchdowns? Is it all just about to happen? Maybe it does this week, right? Um, Does anyone have anything really to add about this game? Maybe some jazz music, Tom, I don't know. Ryan left real quick. I feel like, Tom, you'd be the guy that likes jazz music, right? Uh, you know, I listen to just about any kind of music, but jazz, I wouldn't say it's my uh, my forte. That's fair. Well, we might have to send you like a jazz flute or something, you know, Ron Burgundy style, because... just uh, That'd be a saxophone, I believe, not a jazz flute. But... Jazz flute, saxophone, you know, all the same thing, Clinton style, whatever. You, you could call it that. Yeah, we can. But, you know, I just want to talk about jazz sports, but for a second... Check out one of our newest sponsors. It's Jazz Sportsbook and Casino. They have a ton of great features like same-day payouts, live streaming, live betting, and available 24-7 betting. Use promo code BUS150 for 150% free play up to $1,000 when you sign up today. Go to jazzsports.ag today. Um, Guys... Let's move on to a pretty exciting game for me, at least, because I really like running backs, right? I like that smash-mouth football, and this is what we should get during this game. The Tennessee Titans, who are 2-0, and the Minnesota Vikings, who are 0-2. The implied point total is 47.5, and you've got two huge running backs 
uh, in this game. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. There's no doubt about that these two guys are the headliners. So I'm going to dive into their stats really quickly. Derrick Henry, he's the running back 25 on the year with 14 evaded tackles and a 50% juke rating. So you're flipping a coin and your defender is getting juked by him if it's a tails. Ridiculous, right? Or you could just get run over by him if it's a cornerback or a, a small safety. He's out there for every one of the snaps to get the ball handed to him. And he has an 84%, 4% offensive share rating, which is ridiculous. This is so high. I mean, he's the offense, right? But then you got Dobbin Cook, who's at nine abated tackles and a 31% juke rating. He's a little bit more elusive. But because of scoring, he's the running back 10. So he's paying off to where we drafted him at, right, guys? Um, And then you look at the two quarterbacks. You got Captain Kirk Cousins and Texas A&M alum Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Quarterback eight for Tannehill. Quarterback 31 for Kirk Cousins. A doubts are not good for either of these guys, and they haven't played or they haven't thrown a lot of balls in perspective to other teams. Uh, You have really good wide receivers, but we're going to jump to, like I did earlier, to the tight ends and Johnny Smith, who blew it up for me in one of my leagues. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, analysts, for telling me about Johnny Smith. The dude is the tight end three on the year at 87.1% of the snaps, 20.8 target share. He's got four for five for 84 and two at a 16.8 yards per target. That is ridiculous for a tight end. I mean, just out, out of this world. And the dude is playing at a heightened level. So, uh, Billy, what do you think about these two teams and who are you adding to your lineups? Who are you must starting? Because at this point, I drafted Hayden Hurst and I picked up Johnny Smith, and I'm starting Johnny over Hayden Hurst in most of my lineups. Johnny Smith, if he continues, he's going to be right up there with the Kelsey and Kittle, especially like like me. I have Kittle in a couple spots. Uh, he, he fell to me in the like third, fourth round in a league or two. So, you know, I'm riding Johnny right now, and, I, and I'm okay with it. You know, let Kittle get healthy, man. Johnny is producing just fine for me. And if there's not a quarterback that fits his team and his scheme better than Ryan Tannehill, tell me. I mean, this guy with the play action, I mean, it is amazing. The guy just – he just fits in Tennessee. I love it. I like watching these guys play. I really want A.J. Brown to get going. I was really excited coming off his rookie year uh, to see what he could do in year two with Tannehill. Kind of banged up right now. But Corey Davis kind of holding down the fort when we kind of all rode him off. So – the Titans got a lot of good going on. Derrick Henry's getting the carries, maybe underwhelming with the yardage, but that'll come, uh, especially as the year we wear into the year. That's just kind of the style back that he is. On the other side of the ball, if it's not Dalvin Cook and maybe Thielen, I'm not touching a Viking for a minute right now. I'm just not real impressed with how they look. The defense isn't quite as good. The offense isn't humming quite as well. Uh, and see what that Stephon Diggs added to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you take that off a passing team that wasn't really all that great to begin with, and this is what you have. So. Justin Jefferson kind of underwhelming. We heard a lot about BC Johnson, but you know we kind of I knew that wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna materialize. So uh, for me, it's all Titans all the way. I think Minnesota is going to continue to struggle. Yeah, I mean I've, I'm very concerned about Henry. Why isn't he scoring? Is something broken with him? Like I don't understand what's going on. Check his the matrix uh, is broken. That's it. Yeah, something's weird. He's going to have a four-touchdown week coming up soon. I said overcorrection week is going to happen for everybody, and it's all going to go back to normal. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Julio Jones will be the wide receiver one by the end of week four. It's okay. Probably not. (laughs) Corey Davis, man. 
Okay, so first and foremost, I'm so stoked about AJB coming back. I want to see him in this offense with this Tannehill again. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I'm so angry that he's not playing right now. But Davis has looked like a revelation, which should just help AJB. They're not going to be able to focus on him. Same with Johnu. The guy's just a stud. I had him underranked, and I was pretty high on him. I mean, he looks great. He's such a good athlete. And then Tannehill, people saying, oh, that's a, a fluke. He's going to – no, he looks great. Remember, he played for Adam Gase. Don't forget that. Adam Gase ruins people's lives. He's like a vampire, man. Just sucks your fantasy blood right out of you. He's terrible. Uh, but, again, when you're talking about Minnesota, Cook's the only thing I want to see. Tom, do you see anything? Uh, I mean, you're not wrong uh, about Dalvin Cook. I think Adam Thielen also still worthwhile. I mean, half-point PPR, he's still wide receiver seven. Um, but it's because he's the only person getting anything you know, from this Minnesota offense. I mean, you look at their tight ends, they're all, uh, every single one of their tight ends is worse than Johnny, or uh, yeah, than Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith at half point, uh, number one tight end. Minnesota's are Kyle Rudolph at 41, uh, Pruitt 33, and Fersker at 30. That's not good. So uh, about the only people I'm touching here, like you said, Cook and Thielen. Tennessee, meanwhile, uh, I mean, Tannehill picked up right where he left off last year, about 70% completion percentage. I think he's slightly above a game manager, That's and that's not in a bad way. He doesn't make poor choices. He doesn't turn the ball over much. He's going to make you know the easy read, the easy pass, and keep the ball moving down the field. Um, Derrick Henry, I don't know why he hasn't scored. Maybe Chris is right, and there will be a correction here, but it does scare me. He's... Uh, again, half point PPR, the RB24, it's not pretty. Um, and whenever A.J. Brown does come back, I'm curious as to see what that's going to do for uh, Davis and Humphreys. Uh, Humphreys also having a pretty decent year down there. So um, as long as uh, A.J. Brown is not starting, uh, I'm still in on Davis and Humphreys. Once he's back, uh, I think Humphreys kind of falls off a little bit, uh, just as you have Janu and, uh, and Davis to still feed. Chris, you know, I don't think I can add too much to that. So, I mean, I'm liking everything you guys said. I'm just so high on Johnny that I'm just ridiculously going to move on. Right, Tom, uh, to your Carolina Panthers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, man, uh, I think that this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, The Chargers, we just found out today. A little medical malpractice maybe over there. Uh, Tyrod Taylor sounded like he had a cracked rib and they were 
uh, giving him a pain injection, or excuse me, a painkiller injection, uh, and punctured his lung. So Tyrod Taylor down, whether you think it's rightful or not, Justin Herbert, now the starter indefinitely in Los Angeles. I think it's going to be much better for them. I'm sorry, Chris. I mean, let's be honest. He was a stud last week. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong. Okay, watching that game. Justin Herbert is. I'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I mean, quarterback thirteen last week. Okay. Yeah, only one week to go off of, but quarterback thirteen in your first game ever. So, I mean, keeping on Justin Herbert, he looked confident out on the field. Um. I will say I'm a little bit underwhelmed with Teddy. He's not looking bad, but he's not looking great. Give it some time. Um, But uh, without Christian McCaffrey, that offense does get a little bit scary for the next couple weeks here. So um, I would, for the time being, probably stay away from most of the Panthers. Um, I will say, you know, DJ Moore probably still going to get his touches just because you have to. Um, And then it'd probably be Curtis Samuel uh, behind him getting the – the second most, just as you have to move the ball. I would not pick up uh, any other running backs personally down there, though. I know a lot of people are picking up Mike Davis. Um, as far as L.A., like I said, Justin Herbert, I'd pick him up. I'd keep him on the bench or you know play him as a super flex. Um, might be a QB1 later in the season at this rate. Uh, Eckler, obviously, uh, still big on him. But Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are crushing it this season. So start either of them if you have them. Yeah, uh, I want to agree with you about Mike Williams, and that's the guy I'm going to highlight. But first, I'm going to mourn so, so hard right now. As everyone has known, if you followed my path from the beginning of Belly Up until now, I've been a Thai God truther all over Twitter, analysts all over the place, hosts all over the place. They tag me on stuff like, what about Tyrod now? I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll put my flag on that. That's fine. Because this was so crazy. It's 2020 in a nutshell again, right? It's a crack room. He's about to go play. It's like an hour before the game. Herbert doesn't know he's going to play. Tyrod thinks he's playing. And this crazy doctor comes in. I say crazy. I'm sorry. And the doctor comes in and something happens that shouldn't happen. Because, I mean, everyone knows. You get these shots prior to the game, you get them during the game, you get them after the game, you get them a day after the game, you know, these shots are administered all the time, and this time it doesn't work out, regardless, Mike Williams, right, he is going to go off this week against his Carolina defense, Mike Williams, 132 snaps, 21.7% of the target share, 16.2 air yards per target, Herbert is looking to throw the ball and make a name for himself, if y'all watch Hard Knocks, the dude can throw it down the field at an inanimate object. But now he's got Mike Williams, who is probably one of the best players in the league. Um, the dude, he's got 4-5 speed. He's only had one red zone target. But the Panthers cornerback unit ranks 32nd in the league per Mike Clay. So Mike Williams should feast during this game. Billy, what do you think, man? Yeah, Herbert came in last week as a surprise to watch him jog out on the field to start that game, uh, but played well nonetheless. Uh, happy for him. Uh, unfortunate event for Tyrod, but uh, hey, you never know. This is 2020, and he might get another opportunity. I really like what I saw with Herbert throwing it around. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, even the uh, tight end, uh, they, they all they all produced last week. Hunter Henry had a really nice game. 
uh, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. However, the one thing about the Carolina Panthers is they gave up 30 rushing touchdowns last week or last year, sorry, and three rushing touchdowns to our man Josh Jacobs week one and three rushing touchdowns between Leonard Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones last week. So uh, I look for uh, for Kelly and uh, Eckler to have big days, and I think the game script will kind of flow that way too. I look for the Chargers to get out ahead and Panthers to really struggle. So if I have a Charger, I'm probably playing them this week, uh, and Kelly getting 23 carries last week. you got to be encouraged by that. If you need a running back right now, get this guy on your roster. Eckler's still getting work, but uh, they really want to hand the ball off to Joshua Kelly. So um, and, and he looks good. He runs hard. He's got a little bit of Dalvin Cook kind of look to him, fighting for extra yards. I really like the guy. So not a big Eckler guy, so I'm adding Kelly in several places where I have injury woes and, and maybe some flex spots that I need filled. Yeah, look, I'm going to sum it up real easy. Carolina sucks and Justin Herbert doesn't. It's that simple. Without McCaffrey, you're a Herbert fan, so it's not wrong. Dial it down. I am not sure Carolina scores this week without McCaffrey. I mean, unless the secondary for the Chargers sucks bad enough to let Robbie Anderson catch another deep bomb. Teddy doesn't have – I mean, he has a lot of yards because they're getting blown out, and all they can do is throw. So, great. If you want some passing yards on your team, go grab Teddy Bridgewater off the inevitable waiver wire that he lives on now because he's garbage and trash. Like, I don't want anything to do with him. No. I want Herbert. I love Herbert. I love Mike Williams more because of Herbert. I love Austin Eckler more because of Herbert. And I love Hunter Henry more than uh, I did because of Herbert. See a Tyrod. I know Pinto's got a spot in the, on his couch for you. You can stay there anytime you want to. But please leave the Chargers now because you were killing all of their fantasy value in week one, and they looked like much better players in week two. So bring that back. He should never see the field again. Realistically, I mean, I know you love Tyrod, but realistically there's no way he sees the field again without Did a Herbert. Bortles get a job again? No, come on, man. Are you comparing him to Blake Bortles? Because I think that's pretty accurate. No, I'm talking about didn't Blake Bortles beat him out for a job at one point? Wasn't that the argument that me and you had? Or who was Dude, that? Bortles for who? For Tyrod. Who beat Tyrod out for the job? Well, everybody he's ever played with, essentially. Son of a gun. <laughs> Son of a gun. Got me again. <laughs> let's move, let's move it. I'm done. Let's move on to the Jets and the Colts. An over-under of 43, and I don't even know if I want to touch this game in any capacity. Let's move on to another team that sucks. Can you imagine what it would look like if Carolina played the Jets? Like, it's just a oh. black fantasy nightmares. I don't want anything to do at the Jets. When Crowder gets back, I'll get exposure to him again. I don't know if he's playing this week or not. I haven't seen an update. Just because that dude's a target machine, uh, I don't need the scores. I need the catches. But with Indy, Taylor looked good. It's the Taylor time now, baby. And then I'm expecting uh, Pittman breakout games sometime soon. Rivers looked a lot better in week two than he did in week one, and I was really concerned. I mean, he's not looking great, but that was a much better performance week two. And I think Indy with that line, they're just going obs- <laughs> to – this is going to be almost as ugly as the Chargers whooping of the Panthers. It, th- these two are no-brainer locks for me as far as who wins. But, man, how many points are going to get scored? What's the over-under on touchdowns for Carolina and New York this week combined? Two? What do you think? You think they'll score two? One and a half, and a half is where the line is? Oh, I have no idea. but I, that, that sounds right to me. What do you think, Tom? I mean, that's probably not far off. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, Sam Darnold, he's made a couple decent throws. I'll give him that at least. But other than that, I mean, it's Adam Gase. He, like we say, ruins people's careers. Oh. There's nothing positive about this Jets team. 
You don't even have Le'Veon Bell now. Running back room, just don't. Just don't. Frank Gore, no. I don't care. No. Um, Indy, on the other hand, I mean, Zach Taylor, monster. Monster. Yeah. If you have him, start him. He's an RB1. I mean, he's the RB11 in half point. Uh, and then Mo Alley Cox coming out of nowhere. Tight end 17 after last week. I mean, a lot of people picking him up after last week. So that's, that's he's moving up. He's moving up. Um, other than that, I mean, Philip Rivers, we all know, Noodle Arm Rivers here. Can't throw the ball more than – I think he has the same over-under on yardage as the Panthers-Jets touchdowns. It's one and a half. Uh, so, I mean – yeah, I mean, none of these receivers are doing anything. You know, you look at Zach Pascal, RB, or excuse me, wide receiver 62, Paris Campbell, 68, T.Y. Hilton, 71, uh, and Michael Pittman Jr., 98. It's not pretty. Uh, somehow he's making it to the tight end. I don't know how, but he can't make it to a receiver. Who knows? Only person I'm touching in this entire game is Zach, uh, or excuse me, not Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, right? Yeah, I like him. Older brother. Uh, and Molly Cox, if you have him. That's fair. I mean, last year, Mo Alley Cox, man, he won some money for me in DFS. And this year, when Special Agent Jack Doyle got out, I knew what was going to happen. The dude is a, I mean, the dude is like eight feet tall. He can play. He's got dreads. I mean, he's. <laughs> He's he's just he's super sick, right? And Mo Ali Cox, and he showed what he could do last week with Philip Rivers. I expect that to happen again this week against the Jets. So he's a plug and play DFS play for me all day, every day in all of my lineups, building it around Mo Ali Cox. But I want to talk about what Tom was talking about. Zach Taylor, I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> there we go. My bad, Jonathan. I call him JTT, right? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm sure everyone watched Home Improvement back in the day. The dude was a stud, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. This is Jonathan TT as well. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Okay, guys. The guy has – he's he's, he's going to be an RB1 by the end of the year. Probably in the top eight, no doubt in my mind. He gets the goal line work. He gets the red zone targets. Six debated tackles, 14% juke rating. He gets the opportunity share. He gets the target share. In PPR, he's the running back 10. He's all over the place with the best offensive line with Phillip Rivers. And they're just going to they're gonna do it with this guy against the New York Jets. Golly, Adam Gase is terrible. John June has been a friend of ours, Billy, Ryan, Tom, for a while. And he has told us, I'm like, man, you know what? I love Le'Veon. I love him. I'm going to do him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draft him in all my leagues. John June, just be careful because Adam Gase. And wow, guys, Adam Gase is really that bad. I mean, right, Billy? Like, he's really that bad. <laughs> yeah, over under on um, how many games Adam Gase coaches this year before the Jets fire him. It, it's less than 16. I promise you the over under on that. It's less than 16. He's on the hot seat. They have just looked abysmal since he came to town. The Jets, for me, I want no part of it. Uh, revenge game for Frank Gore, like Tom said, still don't care. If Jamison Crowder's not healthy, I- I'm going to say now, the Colts are going to shut the Jets out. Colts are the number one overall defense as far as yardage goes, and I don't know how the Jets are going to move the ball at all. So I really see this being just a 
not very fun football game to watch. A lot of Jonathan Taylor, but here's the thing with the Jets' defense. They're not giving up a lot of yards per carry. They're really slowing guys down, but they're really susceptible to the big play. So I can see Jonathan Taylor having a lot of carries that don't go anywhere, two big booms. He could have a huge afternoon uh, on the stat sheet as far as that goes. But I really look for the Colts to kind of struggle. I'm not sure you uh, you know, you know, can confuse Mo Alley-Cox for Antonio Gates, but I'm not sure if you squint hard enough that T.Y. Hilton resembles Vincent Jackson quite enough for Phillip Rivers to have a day against these Jets. So uh, I, Indy wins ugly. I'm going to say 23 nothing. That would be a shutout. Jets don't score. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the U.K. for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21+. plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Golly, so ugly. One thing I want to add, Billy, is I didn't mention this. I just saw it because it's like, you know, when you look at your screen, stuff is underneath other things, obviously. That didn't make any sense, but I'll I'll message you later about it. The Jets' run defense is a 28th in the league. I guess the number one offensive line? Yeah. John Taylor's going to be uh, I, I am curious to see what Naeem Hines does. I mean, week one yeah. looked like the, one of the backs you really wanted to have, and then week two, one touch, no one target, no carries. I mean, how does that happen? season, baby, Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Yeah. He is the bona fide and behind that O-line, he will eat every week. You guys got anything else on that one? Good. Pretty exciting game here coming up. We got the one and one Dallas Cowboys visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the the worst pass defense in the NFL. Over under fifty five and a half. Uh, Dak Prescott looking good. Dallas uh, kind of you know they're exciting. Seattle's offense is humming. Defense looks like a shell of what we used to see. Jamal Adams not making the impact he thought. I really like the over in this game. The biggest lock of the week is the over in this one. Uh, you can't stop Russell Wilson right now. He's going to score whatever he needs to to win, and I'm not sure Dallas is going to do anything about it. And that defense isn't going to slow down these receivers. My start of the week is CeeDee Lamb. I think he's just going to have a monster week, week one to week two, a lot of, lot of progression in his usage. And you can tell Dak is starting to look for him. Tight ends running with the Schultz. He looked Dalton Schultz, nine catches, 10, 10 targets, 88 yards and a score. I mean, way more than I would expect it out of any Blake Jarwin day. So kind of a pleasant surprise with him. But the, the, the Seahawks, I mean, they are just amazing. Russell Wilson is just playing lights out. I mean, almost the same number of touchdowns as incompletions through two games. It's incredible. Just building on last year. Chris Carson, I mean, this guy, wow. I mean, I was not that high on him. Kind of kind of avoided him just at the ADP. But, man, if you've got Chris Carson, you're pretty happy about who you added to your roster. And DK and Lockett stocked all the way up. I mean, these guys are going to eat all year. DK Metcalf, one-on-one with the best corner defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. And took it to the house. I mean, this guy, DK, he's a man. He's a man. Excited to watch this game. Uh, 
you know, play them all. Play all your Cowboys. Play all your Seahawks. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun ball game to watch. Yeah, over no doubt. I'm playing everyone that I have with Dallas. I'm playing everyone that I have with Seattle. Russell freaking Wilson. I have him in my home league. He's the only reason I'm 2-0 right now. Without him, I'm in trouble. I got Saquon in that league. But it has been a joy. And I think part of the reason that Seattle has the worst pass defense is not because they actually have the worst pass defense. It's because they're blitzing people right out of the gate, and teams are just having to throw to keep up. Well, Dallas can do that, and Seattle can do that. So this is going to be a nuclear showdown. I mean, they may set some point records with these two because neither one of them have great defenses. Let's be realistic here. But what they both have is elite offenses with weapons all over the field. I want, I mean, you could just do a double stack with these two guys in DraftKings, and I think it'd be wise. You get DK and Lockett, you get Russ or Dak, you get Carson and, and Zeke. You can, and then really the biggest question for me is those three receivers for Dallas. Cooper has actually been the most consistent. That's not a thing that you usually say with Amari Cooper, but the guy is getting the targets, he's getting the yards, he just hasn't scored yet. That's going to change. I've been more impressed with Cooper this year, even though he hasn't scored the way I want him to, just because of the consistent production. That's been the knock on him for his whole career, and he has two straight games with high target, high catch, high yardage uh, numbers, and I really like to see. I feel more comfortable starting him on a week-to-week basis, whereas before he was more of a uh, best ball type of a guy where you're like, oh, yeah, Cooper's going off. This year he's looking more like a consistent every-time play as a wide receiver one-ish, and I like that. So, yeah, give me this game. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be wild. Tom, what do you think? Uh, well, keep in mind it is an away game, so Cooper Cup or excuse me, not Cooper Cup. Uh, Amari Cooper probably not going to have a great game. See, he's a home guy. He's a home guy. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it before. I've seen it from him, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, like you said, there's going to be an offensive juggernaut game, both of them. Um, I mean, Dak, you guys know I'm not a fan, but QB5 right now, he's playing well. Uh, I mean, with that many weapons, I'd hope you do. You know, um, Zeke is eaten so far. Uh, really, the biggest surprise to me is how low Gallup is. I kind of figured that he'd be their their wide receiver too, but I guess he can't keep his hands off of people and can't stay away from pass interference calls, Marco. Uh, but, hey, I digress. Um, and Dalton Schultz. Uh, pretty surprising at tight end. Not too bad so far. Uh, you know, we were kind of, you know, talking about Blake Jarwin wasn't anything going into the season. Then he goes down. We're like, oh, Dalton Schultz, stay away. It's going to be terrible. He's played pretty well. Um, on the other hand, though, I mean, Russell Wilson, stud. Chris Carson, stud. DK Metcalf, stud. Tyler Lockett, stud. Um, even David Moore playing pretty well as that uh, wide receiver three form out in Seattle. Um, he's a wide receiver 39 right now in half point PPR. So, uh, if you're looking for a flex, not a bad option to pick up. Um, but the one thing that I am staying far away from, and we kind of touched on this earlier, uh, you know, this season guys is the tight end situation there. It's pretty ugly in Seattle. Don't touch any of them. They have too many. Chris. So I want everything in everything to do with this game at the 55.5 over under on this DFS all day, every day I'm stacking everything like Ryan was saying, and I want everything to do with everybody. But the one guy I'm going to touch on because I'm going to spend a whole 45 seconds on is CD lamb DFS redraft. I don't care. I want him in all my lines. I'm locking him in 
in whatever wide receiver three flex option I'm going to go with because the dude is lights out. 127 snaps. He's on the field, and they're throwing the ball. He has ran 80 routes in his 127 snaps. That is ridiculous as a rookie. That means they're looking to throw him the ball when he's on the field. He's had a 15.5% market share of the air yards. He's been targeted twice in the red zone. He is the only rookie in the NFL to have a 100-yard-plus reception game. He's the wide receiver 24 in PPR as a rookie. He is my prediction as the hashtag Offensive Rookie Player of the Year. And he goes up against a good Seattle secondary. But when you add in the guys that we talked about, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Zeke, he's going up against possibly the best guy on their team. Or I'm sorry, the best possible guy against him is Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is probably not going to go up against him. It's probably going to be Anamdi or Nico Thorpe, who rank in the bottom 25 in the NFL. CeeDee Lamb is going to straight up eat this week, guys. And it's going to be ridiculous. He's going to score on and often. He's going to get at least two touchdowns this game, guys. And fire him up in everything. You can even prop me on that, and we'll talk about that in a second unless no one has anything to add. I have one thing. I have one concern with CeeDee Lamb. That, that boy needs to eat some beef stew like Campbell's Chunky because he looks skinny, man. I see him out there, and I'm very concerned. That, look, he just looks thin, like a Deshaun Jackson type of thin that I'm like, are you going to be able to hold up for 16 seasons with that frame? That's my only concern. Otherwise, I've liked what I've seen. But I, when I watch him run and I look him stand next to Cooper and Gallup, I'm like, man, you malnutrition or something? What's going on with you? You're very skinny. I, I think he's a little too skinny. Well, against Cooper and Gallup, yeah, he does look bad. But, I mean, as a third guy in that high-powered offense, firing up all day, I'm going to prop him at two touchdowns this week. We can all join in on this. And, guys, Prop Me is a new innovative gaming platform and really first of its kind. It brings betting from person to person easier than ever. Just download the app and join the fun at PropMeLLC.com bet today. Um, And we're going to move on to one of our owners, guys, or most of our owners, Detroit Lions, Mike Brown's favorite, against one of our guys, right? Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and the Arizona Cardinals. The 0-2 Detroit Lions versus the 2-0 Cliff Kingsbury high-powered offense. The over-under on this is 54.4 points. or I'm sorry, 54.5 points. Super high over-under. You got Matt Stafford with possibly Kenny Galladay returning back. And then you got Killer Kyler, who is just eating up defenses all day, every day. He's the QB4 in Kyler Murray. He's got Kenyon Drake. He's got Nuke. He's got Larry Legend. He's got Christian Kirk. And then he has whatever tight end you want to plug in for the week. But then you got Matt Stafford with a plethora of running backs. You got Adrian Peterson. You got on Johnson. You got DeAndre Swift. You have a returning wide receiver in Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. And then also a rookie in Quintez Cephas who seemingly unknown, gets a lot of targets, and is really good if you look at the numbers. This game should be pretty fun to watch in Arizona, and I think that the Arizona Cardinals win it for sure. I think Kyler goes 3-0 undefeated, moving on forward, but I think Matthew Stafford has a heyday, right? 
you got Kenny Galladay coming back, and you can go over all these numbers. But I want to talk about Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, right? Both of these guys running backs for the Arizona Cardinals, and they both have their own value. Kenyon Drake, the running back 22 on the year, but Chase Edmonds is the running back 37. Timeshare is pretty good at 64 to 35% between the two, and they both have their own standalone value. It just kind of depends on who gets on the who gets in the end zone, right? This week, I'm going to lean really heavily on Kenyon Drake, and I feel like he gets in the end zone, scores you those big points, and I think Kyler has a great game as well. Um, Billy, what do you think? Because I'm not going to go too too much into this game, as our listeners have heard me talk about both these teams pretty depth in depth. Yeah, the Lions don't have a whole lot to offer right now. We're kind of waiting for Kenny Galladay to get back so this unit can really kind of get going. The running back situation has kind of been a mess. DeAndre Swift does have some PPR value, though, because he's getting about all of the running back targets in the passing game. Kenny Galladay back uh, gives us some hope, but I like Quintez Cephas, but yet still probably, unless you're in a pretty deep league, he's probably not on your radar for someone to plug in this week. And I like Hawkinson against the Cardinals, de- uh, Cardinals defense. They were the worst against the tight end last year. They haven't been too bad this year. Uh, but guys are getting targeted a lot against them, so I think Hawk could have a pretty nice nice afternoon. Uh, as far as the Cardinals go, Kenyon Drake is the start of the week. This is the worst run defense in the NFL. They're giving up over 200 yards a game. Kenyon Drake should have a field day, and I don't think uh, with, with the matchup that you have to rely on Kyler. So I, I think Kyler has a fine day, but outside of D-Hop, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm wanting to start a Cardinals pass catcher. D-Hop could have a, just a monster day himself again, but I think this will be the Kenyon Drake show uh, this afternoon. Cards win handedly. Could be some garbage time. I think kind of a backdoor cover on the over uh, as we get late into that game as Stafford kind of cranks it up, trying to chase him down. But uh, overall, Cardinals 3-0, Lions 0-3. What's new? What's new is the Lions are going to be 1-2 and and the Cardinals are going to be 2-1 and after this week. And here's why. (laughs) Here's why. Okay, that's a little bit of a reach, but I do think this game goes over. Uh, Stafford is a lot better than we have seen so far. And with or without Galladay, I think he shows it this week. The backs should be getting more. I mean, AD came in, what, eight days ago? Swift has had how many practices? on Johnson is really how good? Not that good. So the truth is the run game will help this pass game almost as much as getting Galladay back will. Uh, but for Kenyon Drake, man, I, I, I'm backing off of him for the moment. I mean, I have some exposure. But I need some more consistency. Edmonds has looked like almost the same player out there as him, as him, and I just don't like that. Like Drake was supposed to be a feature part of this offense, and he has looked like an afterthought, just mostly because Hopkins is go- like just gobbling up targets. Uh, that leads me to my next point. Let's be realistic. When is Christian Kirk going to explode? It's going to happen at some point. I do think it's this week. So for me, I'm going to be sneaking Kirk into some of my uh, – uh, DraftKings stuff, but man, I, I honestly want to get more exposure to this Detroit. I don't think Arizona's defense is that great. I just think their offense is so overwhelming that they have a hard time dealing with them, and you have to throw against them because they score so much. Well, Detroit can throw, and so I'm high on Stafford. I'm high on Detroit, and I think there's an upset brewing here just because Arizona is everybody's little darling right now, and Detroit's everybody's uh, kick to the curb five-cent hooker over there that nobody likes. Well, let me tell you something. Stafford's got skills. There's a lot of offensive talent. I think this is a good matchup and a high-scoring game. Tom, what do you think? Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Lions made history last week. First team in NFL history to blow four straight double-digit leads. Jeez. 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I can't wait to see it become five games in a row because let's be honest, this is a team that can score, but that defense cannot hold up for an entire game. They'll look good in the first quarter or so, even into the second, but it just blows up at that point. It's the nuke will hit them. Nuke Hopkins, that is. I mean, Kyler, Nuke, Kenyon Drake, all going to have big games. Um, Stafford, I actually think will have an okay game against the uh, Cardinals D, though. Like I said, he'll put up some points to start, and then they'll blow it away. Um, but the only other, uh, other than you know Swift, who uh, RB two or a flex position, TJ Hawkinson, man, he's a tight end ten and half point PPR. Yeah, Iowa Hawkeyes down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's had a, a great season so far. Uh, you know, if you have the availability to play him, put him in. Uh, again, unless you have Mike Gusecki. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. What do we got next, boys? Looks like the next one we have here is Tampa Bay 1-1 one one going into Denver, who's 0-2, total points of 43. Um, I'm going to make it pretty easy here. If you have anybody from Denver, release them. Just get rid of them. Trade them away. Do it. It's that's just a mess. Uh, Drew Locke obviously down for multiple weeks. Uh, Cortland Sutton out for the season. This defense is getting blown up. Uh, maybe don't like release these guys. Try and trade them, or at least just throw them on your bench for the next couple weeks. Though uh, I believe Blake the Boat is going to be playing at quarterback for the uh, Denver Broncos. Correct, boys. Um. It's not going to be not going to be pretty cool. Um, I mean, Tampa. Even on the other hand, I don't really love Tom Brady thus far. Um, the only people he's really made or person he's really made relevant at all is Mike Evans, who's uh, again half point PPR wide receiver fourteen, which is not that great for him. Um, and then you know, I know a lot of you guys have been big on him so far this year, and I'm so glad to be right that Rob Gronkowski is the tight end 56. 56. It's two weeks in, right? It's going to happen. The overcorrection is going to happen. Go yeah, for I it. agree. Tell me all about the overcorrection. <laughs> well, maybe not so much with Gronk, but it will happen, right? Gronk's going to get a couple touchdowns at least. Maybe not the yeah. 12 that I predicted at the beginning of the season, but – in this game, you're not wrong. The Denver Broncos, I really don't want to touch too many people on this team. Tampa Bay, it's just, you know, this whole this whole matchup right here is just really wild. The one guy that I guess I would insert into my lineups is going to be Melvin Gordon, though, on the Denver Broncos because, one, the vacated targets, two, the brand-new quarterback. The one query I guess I have about it is the Tampa Bay defense because they're so good against the run. Uh, and we saw what they could do against Christian McCaffrey last season um, or Alvin Kamara, right? Melvin Gordon has 98 snaps accounting for himself, but he's also running the ball or he's 
running a lot of routes, 49 routes as well. Uh, two red zone targets. He's got seven evaded tackles, three big runs, almost an 18% juke rating. He's getting the ball targeted to him and handed off to him in the end zone or in the red zone. So I think the volume is going to be there for him at least to fall or catch a ball in the end zone this week against Tampa Bay. So as a flex option, I, I really like Melvin Gordon. Uh, and in PPR right now, he's running back 12. So you can't get much better than him at where you drafted him at. Uh, Billy, what do you got, man? I really like Melvin Gordon, too. I'm kind of relying on him uh, and Kareem Hunt in the belly of bowl. So last week I had Melvin Gordon as a sit against the Pittsburgh defense, and he actually looked pretty good. So that gave me some confidence that Melvin Gordon you know, is the back that we know and love. So I kind of like him in Denver, and they're going to need him. Jeff Driscoll is just not that impressive. He did kind of play well in the second half of that game, but a little bit of tape and, and you know not coming in a relief getting to chuck it around, I think, you know might not bode well for him. As far as Tampa Bay goes, Godwin back. Mike Evans looked healthy last week. Um, you know, they're they're going to cruise. And I think Fournette finally has a stranglehold in this job after what he did last week. He looked really good. And, uh, you know, I, I'm playing him in a couple of spots. So I'm kind of encouraged there. But uh, over under a 43, it's kind of a not sexy game. I think Tampa Bay kind of wins it handedly. Could be not real exciting. Just kind of take care of business, brush the hands off, and, and you know, get home and regroup. So, uh, you know, you're starting your big dogs, Broncos-wise, uh, you know, maybe fan because he seems to be the main target in the passing game, especially with Port and Sutton being out. Looking for it from uh, Jerry Judy, but, uh, you know, this may not be the matchup where he has his, his big breakout. But I like Melvin Gordon in flex spots, RB2. Or if you're like me and took Mahomes in the first round, you're relying on him to be your RB1. So not too excited about that. But um, one bold prediction is uh, the outlaw, Josie Jewell, Iowa Hawkeye alum, is going to pick Tom Brady off this week. Book it. I'm in on that. Ryan, what you got? Tom Brady's pissed. Uh, I love the comments with Arian saying, if you drop the ball, he ain't going to throw it to you, which means Evans and Godwin are about to eat this week. But as far as uh, guys for Denver, Noah Fant. Uh, I am all about Noah Fant as far as he's going to be getting the targets. And obviously, Gordon, there's just no other option there. But Tampa Bay's tough to run against, so I'm not sure I like him this week. But until Lindsey comes back, Gordon's going to get a monstrous amount of targets. So I'm not going to really be targeting this one heavily, except I might get a little exposure to Brady, Evans, and Godwin, just because those guys are, are not going to drop the ball, and Brady's going to keep throwing to him. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that analysis right there. Ryan, why don't you take us into the next game real quick? Let's go to the Packers, baby. 2-0 and at New Orleans, one and one. Yeah, Rodgers has been a man child. I knew he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, but my goodness. Um, is Adams going to be healthy? That's a big question. Aaron Jones is a no brainer. Going to be fighting for RB1 before it's all said and done if he keeps scoring like he's scoring. Uh, I'm really concerned about the wide receiver inconsistency behind Adams. You keep thinking, oh, MVS has got it. Nope. You keep thinking, Lazar's got it. Nope. So I'm not. And then what the hell, Jace? Like, how long am I going to hold on to you? I thought you were a surefire steal, and right now you're making me look silly. Uh, as far as the Saints go, I'm concerned with Breeze. I'm concerned with the Saints without Michael Thomas. What was up with Sanders last week? That was garbage. Just got awful. Um, I am going to think this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I'm not sure where it's going to be coming from outside Rodgers and Jones. Maybe some Kamara. But honestly, I'm not going to be targeting the studs in this game, and I'm not going to be targeting the Saints until Thomas comes back. He makes that whole offense hum, and I need him before I start really getting comfortable with the Saints. Tom, what do you think? 
Might be on mute, Tom. My bad, boys. Um, I was going to say, yeah, the um, I, you're definitely right about um, yeah the Saints running game down there. It's gone without Kamara. Really, I don't have a lot of confidence in it. Takes away a big element of the game. So even without Thomas, or excuse me, even with Thomas, uh, I question really how much can Breeze really uh, put up through the air. I feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to uh, to get the ball out. Green Bay, on the other hand, uh, honestly, I'm less concerned about inconsistency at receiver. Uh, you know, beyond Adams, I do think it is a slight concern, but. Uh, Lazard and, and Marquez Valdez Scantling don't look bad. Um, yeah, they had a both of them had a great week one, an okay week two. Neither one was terrible, but uh, for a wide receiver two or a flex, it could definitely be viable, especially if Adams is out. Rodgers is going to have to give the ball to somebody, uh, but Rodgers and Jones obviously must starts. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to talk on, about Manny Sanders, right? I touted him last week, and I thought he was going to have a big week. He didn't show up. He had one catch for, like, 20-something yards, maybe even 18 yards, something like that. It was ridiculous. I mean, he just didn't show up last week. He had the best coverage against him, and he's going to see it again this week if Michael Thomas doesn't play. And Ryan is right, right? If Michael Thomas doesn't play, or if he does play, it elevates everyone else's game because everyone's keying on Michael Thomas. Can Manny Sanders be the guy if Michael Thomas is not there? He's only ran 54 routes, and but he's only ran 54 routes, but he's been targeted four times in the end zone. Um, so that's pretty good for, you know, maybe the overcorrection, like I keep on saying. Green Bay's cornerbacks rank 22nd in the league, so they're not the studs that they used to be. So maybe Manny Sanders has a bounce back week, even if Michael Thomas doesn't play. Uh, Billy, what do you think, man? Uh, really disappointed with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I had several matchups last week where I was within, you know, single-digit points. Had Manny Sanders on Monday night feeling really good and just, just didn't materialize into what we thought. I just don't see why he doesn't fit in this offense. I mean, what he does well, what they need out of that wide receiver two spot, it, it's a fit. Uh, so I, I'm still a little confident that over time this gets going. But um, I'm not, I'm, I think the issue in New Orleans really might be Drew Brees. The age just really seems to be, be showing for him. I mean, when you watch him throw the ball, the, that ball is not coming off his hands like we are accustomed to see Drew Brees rip it around. Even with Michael Thomas playing week one, he still only had three catches. So what really is the problem? And the only guy that's really getting a consistent workload is Kamara, and he's catching balls not too far from the line of scrimmage. So I, I have real, real concerns with the Saints outside of, of Kamara. Even when Michael Thomas gets back, I just don't like what I see. It doesn't seem to be driving. Traquan had a pretty good day. We, you know, we kind of pumped him up last week as a, as an option without Michael Thomas. He looked good. That was encouraging. Uh, still, though, it's just you know one guy. You know, Traquan's the leading receiver on that team. That can't be other than Kamara. I mean, you you, you got to have someone else to lean on. So Saints, I'm kind of in panic mode uh, after watching them last week. I was really alarmed looking at that Saints offense. Green Bay, these guys are humming. Aaron Jones is a man. This guy is a bona fide running back, and I, I, that's why Mike McCarthy coaches in Dallas is because he couldn't figure that out in time to save his job in Green Bay. Really excited about him. Rodgers looks motivated. I hope that uh, uh, I hope Devontae Adams can stay on the field this week. He's a big part of what makes that offense go, but we talked about MVS. MVS is a guy I'm going to start pounding the table for. He dropped a touchdown last week. He stepped out of bounds as he shook out of a receiver's grasp and would have broke it to the end zone. There was no one behind him. So, uh, And he dropped a touchdown week one, too. So we could be talking about a guy that, that would be everybody's darling right now had he not had a little bit of misfortune. 
And I think with my, uh, with Devontae Adams being a little bit banged up, there might be a little bit more target share uh, going his way too. So I, I think MVS, if he's not on your roster now, you know, find a spot for him because here pretty soon he's going to be a sought-after commodity. And, I, you know, I think this week he will be a big deal. I've been telling everybody I'm around, if you've got a roster spot, injury troubles, uh, you know, flex spots that you're not having trouble filling, an Aaron Rodgers receiver is never a bad option. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about the Packers. This looks like a really good football team, you guys. Uh, and, and it's all it's all based around Aaron Jones and having a running game, which is the balance that the Packers have never had. So I like what's going on in Green Bay. Saints are in trouble. Uh, I do like the under of 52. I just don't see it getting to be too high scoring with the Saints struggling. And the Packers aren't going to need to throw and really run it up like, like they're capable of, though. Yeah, that's fair. I don't doubt any of that. Uh, let's keep it moving, though, because I definitely want to get into the belly up bowl and what's going on right there, right? We may get an update, but Billy, kick us off about Monday Night Football, guys. I mean, the Rams versus – I'm sorry, the Ravens versus the Chiefs, Billy. Kick us yeah, off. Probably the premier game we, we'll get to see uh, through the first few weeks of the season, Kansas City at Baltimore. Uh, one and two seed last year going into the playoffs. Baltimore stubbed their toe against the Titans. Otherwise, we might have been seeing the AFC title game in Baltimore instead of Kansas City. Uh, You know, the offenses kind of speak for themselves. You're playing your big dogs in this one. Um, You know, probably not a whole lot of guys that are going to come out of nowhere and surprise you just with this matchup. But one thing I want to point out, I I really like the Ravens in this game, uh, and the reason why is the defensive side of the ball. Both both offenses are tuned and ready to roll. They can score with the best of them, but the the, – Kansas City defense is allowed the six most yards overall. They're number 24 versus the pass, 27 against the run. It just doesn't bode well. However, they are ninth in total points allowed, so that's not too bad. Um, but uh, Baltimore, third fewest yards overall, number six versus the pass, number seven against the run, and number one in points allowed. So I think Baltimore gets the win here uh, and leaves us wanting more, looking forward to a playoff matchup. Yeah, I mean that'd be. I mean that's really exciting. That's probably what's going to happen, Ryan. What do you think about that? What? I'm sorry. Oh yes. Okay. So uh, Kansas City's going to win this game. I'm sorry, my wife just got home. I'm you're fine. Hello. You're fine. Brand new night, brand new time. You know what I'm saying? Kansas City. We're all good. Yep. Look, this is going to be the week Kansas City, Mahomes, all those guys. Remind you why they drafted him so early. They're going to get up to play Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore has shown that they're one of the class teams of the of the division and of the conference, really, of the league. And KC has just squeaked out wins. Mahomes has not looked 100% sharp. I am all over Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey. Baltimore is going to be bringing their A game, so I think this is going to be a real high-scoring game, right? Uh, because of that, I am going to get – Andrews is going to score. I'm almost guaranteeing that. Dobbins is the running back I want to see. Dobbins is going to score. Lamar's going to have a good game just because, Casey, it's going to be a high-flying game. We're going to have a lot of great matchups this week, and I want some of this matchup. I want Mahomes especially. That's what you're asking about starting Mahomes or Allen. I'm like, this ain't the week. I'm not sure. I know that Baltimore's defense is good, but Kansas City's offense is defense-proof when they're hitting. So I am going to be catching Mahomes this week. I mean, you guys all know that I am probably the biggest Lamar Jackson hater in the world. Uh, not even hater, but, I mean, it's just not going to last. Uh, for the time being, though, I mean, he's a good quarterback. Um, I mean, if, if you have him on your team, you're going to start him. You drafted him to start him. Uh, give it another week or two, and then he'll break a leg, and it'll be over. 
But J.K. Dobbins, uh, solid running back two to me. Uh, like you said, I think he's probably going to score against this Kansas City defense, um, and then Mark Andrews as well. Um, receiver, a little bit less interesting. Uh, Marquise Brown having an okay year. Willie Sneed kind of coming out as their you know, receiver two uh, as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, the Chiefs, on the other hand, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hey, you guys weren't way off. Maybe not a first-round pick, but half-point PPR is in RB12. We'll see if that stays there uh, you know, throughout the season. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, you, you draft him to start him. Tyreek Hill, same deal. He's a top 10 receiver. Um, and Kelsey, same deal. I will say beyond Hill at receiver for the Chiefs, though, I've become a lot less certain of who I can really trust to play. Um, you know, you we've talked about, uh, you know, we're hoping that some of the young guys out there are going to start getting some touches, but it just never really seems to, to come true. Um, maybe now that um, Sammy Watkins is, is having some trouble, we might see, uh, you know, spread the ball a bit more, but uh, I'm just not confident in, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Hardman, you know, any of those guys for the time being. Oh, yeah, for sure, Tom. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, these guys right here, you want them in your DFS lines at some point, right? Is this the week that's going to happen? It probably will, or, I mean, I'm not too sure about all that. What do you think, Billy? You know, I like Demarcus Robinson. He's had 10 targets this year, which is a little more than we expect. But uh, Sammy Watkins being banged up, I'm really hoping that McCall Hardman can do a little bit of something. Uh, guy I was really high on coming into the year, but he has just been a ghost this year. So, you know, kind of upset about that. But I really think as the season goes, this Chiefs offense has a hit. I mean, they kind of handled the Texans week one. Struggled with the Chargers week two and, and just a weird game. And, uh, you know, this week against the the, the Ravens, I, I think they'll be tuned up ready to go to Ryan's point. You know, if the Chiefs are hitting, they're matchup proof. Uh, but I think someone else is going to have to step up in this game. Demarcus Robinson might be a really good option to do that. He's kind of showing big playability when you least expect it. And uh, of all the guys you're worried about, he might be the one that gets ignored or forgotten about. For sure. Guys, we've almost went two hours on this time when we thought we were going to go really short. Uh, as everyone is seeing, if you're watching us live right now or hitting me up in my text messages, Trophy Smack promo code belly up, right, guys? Trophy Smack, commemorate your league winner in the best possible way. At Trophy Smack creates trophies, belts, and rings with free engraving and shipping. Now that you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or a belt if you use promo code belly up. Uh, if y'all have not seen the Smack talk that was going on in our ticker, it shows our St. Jude belly up bowl standings between the four of us as I will be updating because there's only four of us. We're always here every week. And I just want, and you know, I was in first out of all of us. So I'm going to put that up there. Obviously it's only two weeks, not that big of a deal. Obviously in the action moves uh, from the waiver wires this week, anything can happen, Ryan, but Ryan's owing to in the last place point uh, between the four of us. Tom in second, Billy in third, and then Ryan bringing up the rear. Ryan, Billy, let's move on, though, and let's highlight some of this nice stuff, though, going on with the belly up bowl that y'all are running. Uh, I just jumped into a lot of this stuff, but let's give some shout-outs to some of these division winners, high scorers, uh, and guys that are looking on. Uh, and add the, the laundry in, the dryer, 
That was definitely Ryan's wife because I heard an English accent for sure. Yeah, she's talking to me. So here's what we got for division leaders. Uh, with Jamarcus Russell, we got at Chairman Fantasy with 173.7 points this week. That is a big score. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is the top score of the week. That is the is. top score of the week. Chairman Fantasy, Jamarcus Russell. Chairman Fantasy. Yep, big, big time. So right now the playoffs, we're going to go into the playoff standings too. Right now the playoff standings, he's 2-0 with 287. Dak Attack is 2-0 with 252. And Cast 316 is 2-0 with 242. And then we'll shout out to a belly up guy there, Dan Mater. He's 0-2 as well with me, but don't worry. We're going to be winning everything. Then we got Kijana Carter has a 157.38 for Jay Miller. was the high score. Uh, with Lawrence Phillips. I'm just going to go to the high scores. We're running out of time, guys. We'll oh, yeah, do the sure. advanced play. Uh, Lawrence Phillips, 164.1. Rough Riders. That's my cousin, Carrie, that got that. Well done. Uh, also, shout out to Billy. Y'all see his score there. He's in that division. Money Manzel, JB Cho notes one fifty two oh two. Shout out JB. And then, we have, and then we have Chris in that division as well at one and one. And then Robert Aguayo, we have Russ J seventy five at one fifty nine forty four was the high point. Nobody Rusty, uh, Heck yeah, Ryan Leaf division. Uh, do you want to say anything else, Billy? I'm sorry. No, you're good, man. Go ahead. That's just a, a buddy of mine, a really experienced fantasy guy. He's really excited to get going. So. Uh, I, I know he's just chomping at the bit to get a hold of me at work and tell me how he's doing. So, Awesome, man. Uh, Ryan Leaf with J.C. Cordano with 147.02. And then we also shout out to Kevin Wilson in uh, Belly Up. He's in that league. He's 1-1. One one. Then we have the Boss with C. Crawford, 93 at 165.68 was the high score this week. Uh, shout out to TB Smooth, Tristan. He's in Belly Up. Then we have Tim Couch, Feeling Dangerous, DX, 150.88. That's a pretty good score this week. And then we have our boy Nate, Big Blue. He's 2-0 as well and 260. He's one of the top three scorers overall in that division. Nice, Nate. Then we got Tim Tebow, Smoke Wagons, 171.44. That's a heck of a high score. We got two guys in my division way over 300. Tough division. Uh, I'm 2 and 2 I'm leading the entire belly up uh, every division in points against. Such bad luck. Uh, then we have Tony Manterich, uh Frito 2 with a 150-20 this week. High score. Shout out to Travis Sumter, TJ Sumter in that league from belly up. He's 1-1. One one. We got Trent Richardson, video game with a 153-36 was the high score there. And then we move down, last but not least, to Troy Williamson, a 168-48 for sorry, Julio. I'm sorry, too, Julio. Matt Ryan's your quarterback. And then belly up Mike, shout out, Mike Brown, the big boss man, one and one in that division, Troy Williamson. So that's a quick – as we get a little bit quicker, we'll be able to start filling out the playoff uh, format for you and show you who's placing. But we just ran a little bit out of time tonight to be able to go through all that. We will cover that next week or when we can. We'll get a little bit quicker. We'll get a little faster. And I'll get these tickers down here to a T where they're just kind of going on with the uh, with the, with the leaderboard, right? That should just be really fun for us. Um, guys, before we get out of here, though, let everyone know where they can follow us at. Um, and let's just let's close it down, right? Tom, where can we follow you at? What are you working on? And uh, 
How are you making our lives funnier, man? Hey, man, you can always follow me on Twitter uh, at BellyUpTom. Uh, you know, again, you know, come at me about the Lamar Jackson hate. Always happy to defend it. Um, otherwise, um, you know, go ahead uh, at Belly Up Football. We're always bringing you, you know, up to date information uh, as well as trying to make some, uh, you know, bring some of the highlights and make some light of some of the recent uh, happenings in the football world. Ryan, you just came out, or you're about to come out with something pretty epic, right? Yeah, I'm going to do a panic, no panic. Uh, article. I'm going to analyze each team and talk about what I think is real, what I think is fake, what you need to act on now and what you need to wait on. I also have my weekly buy low, sell high article out coming up soon. I just need to put some finishing touches on both of those things. They both will probably be dropping tomorrow. Uh, And then next week, you're going to see me one and two in that belly up league. Eventually, AJ Brown comes back, right? Because the injuries have really devastated me in that league. So you'll be seeing me pass these guys up sooner rather than later. Billy, what you got, brother? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at bwit 24 Coming at you with your weekly start sits. Trying to get you some guys a little bit more off your radar than you're typically accustomed to looking for on those articles. So you know, a little hit or miss there. But we're going to have some guys with some good opportunity shares for you. Uh, hopefully have my start sit for week three live tomorrow. Um, should be 2-0 and in the belly up bowl. Manuel Sanders kind of you know, left me hanging on Monday night football. So looking to get back on the winning track there. And uh, hopefully come out of my division, Lawrence Phillips. But got a couple of Ryan's family members in there, big dogs that are ready to rock. So a lot of fun, pretty exciting. And uh, I need to win some more games in week three. Week two is rough. I'm right there with you, man. I need to win all of my games during week three. I'm not happy. Uh, obviously, we're always going to touch on our chat. We did not realize that Dan Mater, our own Dan Mater, he's had some real bad luck. He's had the biggest blowouts two weeks in a row in your league, Tom, according to Marco. I'm going to go check that in a little bit, but it seems pretty good. And then one of our longtime followers and then also one of, a leader, one of the leaders in one of my leagues, Ashley, I'd like to close this with a message for Tom because it's been killing me all night. Hey, Tom, can I see your leg? Listen, it's not my leg. It's if you don't understand the reference, my lord. Well, Ashley probably Ashley has issues with her leg. She likes to party around Northgate in a boot. So, you know, we, we keep it wild here in College Station, baby. Hey, man, we're all about Saquon here. We're all about Joe, uh, or not Joey. Uh, we're all about the Boses. We're all about. Every single ACL that went down in week two, RIP, rest in peace to them. T's and P's, boys. Always, every day. Guys, thanks for having me host y'all again. Can't wait to see y'all next week as we go over week four. Uh, Hopefully, we helped our listeners with some new starting sits. But if y'all need some last-minute starting sits, y'all can always follow me at AggieCapaSig. And I'll be live Sunday mornings with starting sits on Facebook and Twitter. And then also on Saturday nights, Dan Mater, who is getting blown out in the belly up bowl, apparently, and myself do a DFS show. We'll be live on the radio for the first time this weekend on Saturday. So make sure you follow that at DC's DFS challenge. I'm Chris Pinto. That's Tom. That's Billy. That's Ryan. Thank you guys for tuning in. Another week's in the books. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks and gig em.
Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.